The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Yo, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting, action-packed edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Podcast. I am your host, Lenny. I hope this podcast finds you well. I'm going to go ahead and say this is the uh, concert recovery episode. We get back on topic, talk a little bit about police things again. It's still part of a little run where, just as timing worked out, it's a little out of the norm of podcasts as far as me just talking to a random cop throughout the country. So this is me. Thank you for your service, Ben, and Mr. Scotch from West Virginia. And uh, we just kind of hit a variety of topics that I wanted to talk about and uh, just have a couple hours worth of discussion. Up next, we have uh, spooky stories with special guests. That'll be next episode. And then after that, we get back to normal a little bit. And I talked to a a feller that worked in uh, North Carolina and moved to Texas. But before we get into this week's episode, I got to give big thanks to our good friends over at officerprivacy.com. You know, I've been uh, talking about them a lot. In fact, every Sunday for the last year. I believe in what they're doing. I believe in the product. Obviously, I'm a paying customer and I don't have to worry about some weirdo looking me up on the internet or, you know, God forbid somebody figures out my identity and, you know, I've got the people with pitchforks and all that stuff outside of my house. I don't have to worry about that. If I go back into law enforcement, obviously I'm going to keep it because I don't want people coming over to my house. I don't want some guy on a call seeing my name, looking up my information, and then I got to deal with that. Or, you know, God forbid you're in one of these critical incidents. And we've had people on this very podcast that have had the uh, blue hairs from Twitter come over. You don't want that. You don't want the drama. So sign up for officerprivacy.com. Take your privacy back. They're going to take your information off these people search sites. You're going to be able to relax. All right. Without... Further ado, let's play a little bit of music. This week's featured band with a law enforcement officer is Harmony Grove, and we'll be right back with the podcast. I knew what I wanted. I replied that I feel like my soul is haunted. I've been dreaming about this perfect thing between us. In your eyes I see the trust in soul that you possess, but it's too soon. I'm proud to bring this episode to you guys. 
the two men that have been longing to be on a podcast together since the anniversary episode, I have thank you for our service or your service, Ben. And I have Mr. Scotch himself. Ben, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Um, don't make it awkward. As far That's as what this, I do. <laughs> as far as saving from service, though. But uh, I'm good. I got a cup of coffee. Um, that's about it, man. I've been, I've been waiting for this moment with Mr. Scotch for at least minutes. <laughs> Very excited. I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while after you guys, um, obviously had a little chemistry, you know, <laughs> and I, I thought it would be good to get you guys on here together. And, uh, we were going to do it last month, but the, just the timing, everything didn't really work out. And really the idea that one you guys were going to do was uh, the one with my dad, but it just didn't all work out. But you know what's important is we're all fucking here now. Scotch, how are you, buddy? We're not fucking here now. We're just here right fucking now. Oh, whatever. I mean, same thing. Whenever you're done, Ben. I'm (laughs) I'm good, Lenny. Doing real good. Doing real well. Thanks, buddy. Is anybody else drinking tonight or is it just me? Coffee for me. Yeah, same coffee. Uh, I'm... I'm probably going to get back on the wagon here in a little bit, but uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I'm about to go on a little trip to see Tobias and uh, I feel like drinking. So I'm going to have some beers. It's uh, September 18th for anybody playing at home, but this isn't going to come out maybe until October. I'm not sure, but I did a beer review last podcast, but old boy that was on the podcast pre-gamed it and was a fucking train wreck. It was hilarious. I think that podcast was funny as shit. But he sent me a message the next day and said, hey, man, I said a bunch of shit. Apparently, his old lady was listening to it and he didn't feel good about it going out. So he kind of fucked me on that one. But I ain't no Blue Falcon. But but if I can have the moment for a second, guys, I just want to throw something out there for everybody that plans on being on a podcast in the future, because I'll try and get as many as you motherfuckers on until I get canceled. A, I'm all good with drinking. We know that. But if you're drunker than me before the podcast starts. I don't know. That could be a bad idea. And then maybe don't talk about a prior female relationship in front of your wife, who I I didn't know was listening, including fingering of buttholes. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, kids. (laughs) All right. I may there might be points in time just because I thought it was so funny where I might find bits and pieces of it to uh, to throw out because I don't know. I enjoy it. Make I enjoyed it, sound it. clips. Yeah, maybe some sound clips down the line. Maybe even today if I get wild. Um, it's not really pulled up. But the beer I'm trying, it's called Mr. Pumpkin. It's a pumpkin beer. I like pumpkin beer. I know a lot of people don't. I usually get the Sam Adams one, but I didn't see it in the store. So I got Mr. Pumpkin. It's uh, made in Missouri by Mother's Brewing Company. It's okay. All that for a sip so? of beer. We got some heavy topics we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, the podcast right before this one, I had Better Call Saul and my good buddy Tobias on. And uh, we got drunk and we said some things. Some of these things are not limited to what I'm about to play. But they were about our good friends here. And I, I feel guilty sometimes talking about people when they're not there. So you guys are here now. And so I would like a reaction to what we said about you. Are you guys smooth with that? Oh, yeah. We've never heard this. We've never heard this. Yeah, no, you guys have not heard it. Um, The podcast is not out. I I have it up on my computer. I'm playing it now for them to hear for the first time. So to to set the mood here, 
if anybody hasn't listened to it and these guys haven't listened to it somehow one of the questions that came up was the moment we knew our spouse was the one we were going to marry and then i decided to tell those stories for you guys since you weren't there awesome all right here we go well there we were it was a warm west virginia night saw that raccoon cross the road but then when i looked up i saw him i looked in her eyes and i saw her one two in the moonlight and i knew my cousin was right for me was that accurate oh did you play it you didn't hear it (laughs) yeah i heard it (laughs) was that accurate i mean was i off base with that you're way yeah you're way off my wife is actually very sophisticated and she's very good with the english language unlike myself does she have all her teeth she's got all her teeth she has nice teeth she's pretty she's very intelligent she makes good money not myself how'd you fucking outkick your coverage buddy i lied <laughs> I feel like that's not a joke you can make anymore now. Like, ah, everybody says you're sexist. All right, Ben, you ready to hear yours? Go for it. All right. There's a little, little in between there, but it's spot on. Yeah. Sorry about that, Scott. It's nice when nobody has to pick, nobody has to pick bride or groom side at the wedding. <laughs> Should I do Ben's now? I'm abstaining because I feel like he could get angry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm here to tell you about my thoughts. And I was at a Lee Greenwood concert. And I saw my wife crying. I'd work for God bless America. And I knew she had to start again. Was that good? Was that accurate? Um, it was dead on, man. <laughs> That's exactly Woo! how we met. I, knew I got it. Of fact. <laughs> you, um, that you know what's fucked up is that's not even the worst thing we said. No, there, that was tame. That was very tame. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the funny thing is, when I met my wife, I was wearing, <laughs> I was wearing the combat boots that I wore into combat. Um, and I made sure that she saw him on our first date. Would you just like put him up on the table or? <laughs> I don't remember. I just know that she definitely saw him. I was wearing like my favorite jeans that were like 13 years old at the time. The crotch was all worn out. Um, it was a snowy night in February. And I got up to walk to the bathroom. <laughs> and I got her turn around and look at me. And I, I turned, I looked at her. I said, you could bounce a quarter off that thing, you know? And then I kept on walking. <laughs> true story. I've seen his ass. It's true, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys ready to fucking get the business here? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get the business. We have a uh, great many things to discuss, as Palpatine would say. Here's where we're going to start. Let me let me set the scene here a little bit. The, the other day, uh, I follow a page called Police Post. I know quite a few people do. And the guy over there, Adam, runs a great fucking company. 
but he'll he'll throw up body camera videos and kind of give his take and some training points and stuff. And 90% of the time, probably 90 plus percent of the time, I agree with what he's saying. The video showed a female officer and we, we don't even need to really play the video and set the scene for that. But to me, the situation could have been handled much better. And she basically got manhandled and civilians had to come over to the traffic stop and kind of save her on that. The, the comment thread, I saw a bunch of people posting like, oh, this is just proves that females can't be cops and stuff like that. And just to throw it out there, guys, I'm not I'm not an idiot. Like, let's be real. There's differences between man and man, man and women, between men and women. For the most part, guys are bigger and stronger than girls. It's it's a fucking it's a thing. Right. I'm not saying that to dog anybody, but it's a it's a thing. But I'm a believer. Chicks can be cops. And so w- when I see that that comment thread I, I made you know kind of a trying to troll it a little bit i just made a comment basically it's really funny to me that whenever we see these videos of guys failing which we do we see guys fucking up calls all the time or not using enough force or too much force we we don't see gals getting in the comments and saying oh that just proves guys can't be cops so i, I think it's kind of funny either you can or you can't that's that it is what it is guy girl whatever you you can or you can't it's, it's pretty basic to me but I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on all that. And it, it, I have a place where I think it's going to lead, but let's see what you guys are going to say. Say, pre-gamed a little bit. Sorry, boys. Scotch, what do you think about all that? I'm not. I'm not sure. I know the video that you're referring to exactly, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I've seen plenty of guys fuck up. I've seen plenty of guys get their asses kicked. Um, I've seen plenty of guys need assistance from citizens you know to get out of a tight spot so yeah i've never heard that you know guys can't do the job i have heard girls can't do the job i have seen girls that can't do the job but i've seen guys that can't do the job you know just as often to be honest with you i don't think idiots should be police officers and i think that's what the problem is guy girl unicorn that's the problem you know and just because you can't you can't physically handle a particular call. It doesn't mean you're an idiot, but to be honest with you, it's like this all over the country. I think the standards have dropped. I know that they have in our department and we're hiring people that don't need to be police officers, guys and girls. Ben, what do you think about all this? No, I, my thinking is very similar to yours on this subject. Um, like you, I've had a, like the majority of my regular work partners have been females. So like, I, I don't know, I enjoy working with females. I think females can be good cops. Uh, there's a couple of points that, it, that make me chuckle. One, because I, I see this a lot in my, my YouTube videos and people say, uh, they'll say something like if you're, if you can't, I forget how they word it, but they'll basically make it sound like if you're not a six foot three, 250 pound linebacker of a dude, then you can't be a police officer. And what one of the things that they're doing, in my opinion, is they're forgetting about 95% about of what it is that we do. Um, I mean, I had a slow day today and I took 12 dispatch runs. I didn't find anybody on either on any of those runs. Um, I communicated with people, I gathered information, I did stuff like that. Um, you know, you you can be four foot eight and do everything that I did today expertly. Um they also kind of 
when I think about this, I think of one female in particular who just left my unit and she's going to the detective bureau. She, I don't want to say too much to give her away, but she decided to come into this career um, older than I was when I started this. So she's got gray hair and she is a lot shorter than me, a lot smaller than me. And she's out there every single day. And she is one of the biggest hustlers I've seen at her age. I can't, I can't believe that she's still out there pushing it as hard as she is to the, to the point where I told her about a, a dope house the other day. I'm like, Oh yeah, supposedly uh snickerdoodle is running this dope house down on somewhere in this block over here. She's like, Oh really? Like he had one up this way and it got shut down. Next thing you know, I hear her on the radio every 20 minutes. Hey, mark me out with a car behind X house, mark me out with a car behind X house in two hours. She had figured out who the dope boy is, who the door guy is, who the person is that's delivering the product, um, had to like description of all their cars, had all their license plates had actually spoken to one of the people that was leaving the house. She was so far up in their shit that one of the narcotics detectives called her and was like, Hey, what are you doing? We're watching that house. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And like when, when people say that females can't be police officers, she's one of the best damn cops I've ever met. Can she beat me in a fight? No. Yeah. Um, But she also (laughs) knows better than to try to fight me, you know? And like, and I, I had a run with her about a year and a half ago as a stolen car. She pulled up on it. She knew it was stolen. The driver was starting to get out of the car. She had aired everything and I was running lights and sirens. She was standing there just trying to um, calmly talk to this dude, not let him know that she was where it was stolen, all this other stuff. Luckily, he didn't try to do anything until <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. I was there. I was out of my car. And I was trying to give him a buffer because I want him to run because he was tall and skinny um, and I'm not. And he would have outrun me. Um, he I saw him flinch. I knew he was going to run. So I jumped. He he tried to ran, run. She ran. She went around the other side of this van. I ended up tackling him on the concrete. And, uh, you know, she was very complimentary, like, oh, thank God that you were there. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't I didn't want to fight this guy. Like people need to realize that different human beings have different skill sets. Um, it's incredibly rare to find a human being that, and that encapsulates every single thing that a good officer has. And when they say these things about female police officers, they're completely, they're just showing how ignorant they are to everything else that it takes to be a good police officer. So that's, those are my thoughts on female cops. Real quick. You reminded me of a story speak. And I went with my female partner towards the end of the time I was at my department and we were looking for this homicide suspect and we're like, well, fuck he, we, everybody thought he left town. And I was like, maybe he just fucking went back to his house to get his shit. So we went snooping around the house kind of thing. Right. And, you know, checking with some neighbors and like, I'm not kidding. Not like 20 minutes later, there wasn't a department wide email. Hey, stay away from this house. We're watching it. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) my bad. (laughs) Won't do that shit again. You brought up an important point about the different school skill sets and things like that. I, you're absolutely right. I, I didn't meet very many guys and gals that could do everything perfectly. I, I met a lot of people that had skill sets in a particular area that they were really good at, 
and they were okay at everything else. And that could kind of make them well-rounded, um, you know, not being deficient in any area, but there was definitely things they were better at, including, you know, fighting, running reports, whatever. I mean, you could have a total meathead that could beat the fuck out of everybody, but he can't fucking type a report. So you need the different people on your department. I've always said for a long time, unless you get fucking Steve Rogers as your cop and every other cop is fucking Steve Rogers. You need different people. You can't have the same guy in the department. If you have a department full of meatheads that can't write reports, you're fucked. Or if you have a department full of guys that can write awesome reports, but couldn't fucking get in a fight to save their life, you're also fucked. You need a little bit of everything. The use of force to me is interesting because I don't know about how you guys were taught use of force, what your use of force policies are. Part of it kind of depends on skill, does it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think as a female officer, that's let's just say you're 5'4", female officer, you got a guy towering over you, you know, by a foot and, you know, 100 pounds, 200 pounds over you, you're going to be able to go to a baton, a taser, pepper spray, where maybe me, who's the same size as this dude, I might use a different type of force. Although there may be dudes I look at and I'm like, that dude's fucking jacked. He's going to kick my ass. I need to escalate the force so I don't get my ass kicked. I don't think people realize that's how that works. Yeah, correct. That's fair. Same way with a small guy. we got a small guy that's recently got hired. Uh, he's like 125 <laughs> nothing. Um, that guy's going to get in a lot of fights because people are going to try him mm-hmm. and he can articulate using more of his tools on his belt than myself or Ben could articulate. Um, it's going to make more sense. Yeah. We, we have a guy who, oh man, I, I know him well, I know him very well, but, uh, I've like heard how story, well, well <laughs> like not, not, as, buddies? not as well as I know you, um, <laughs> But uh, I heard a story about him jumping on some guy's back and just going for a ride. And he's just yelling at the guy. He's like, get on the ground, get on the ground. And the guy's like swatting at him like a fly. Um, I mean, he got himself in a safe position where he was no longer in danger. And the suspect did not get away. So it is what it is. But he's definitely. And I'll also tell you that. Oh, man. He's not going to listen to this. And in the academy. We have a defensive tactics final, you know, where you you fight another recruit. You know, it's ground fighting, and then we have boxing, and they're in separate. It's not like MMA. Um, but uh, he he had to fight a, a female for his ground fighting final just because there weren't any dudes in his uh, height and weight class. It, it is what it is. I, I think he does the job just fine. It's just physical confrontations aren't his thing but as the other thing too is as we get older i mean i'm not as young as i once was and i've got a lot of things on my body that hurt right now um i'm i'm not as capable as i was 10 years ago either uh there's some guys that are pushing 30 years in their career that there might be a 25 year old female that's weighing in a buck 45 that physically is more capable than that that road dog with 30 years on, you know? So I don't know. People just, I I think people lack perspective when they make these comments. Yeah. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the articulation side of that since I brought it up because it's tough because you see these body camera videos 
and obviously, even if, if even if it's a longer video, you don't necessarily always know what the cop knows or what they're thinking or shit. Like, I got a fucking bum knee from this last call. This dude has me fucking, I got to end this thing quick or whatever else is going on through their head. You don't have the advantage of that. But when it comes to the shit and reports, and I fucking harp on this, write good fucking reports, articulate your fucking use of force and why you did what you did, not just oh, they did this, so I did that. Like, be more thorough with it and explain, this is what I saw, this is what I felt, this is what I noticed. I mean, there's a time and place, you know, where you can't put in, a, a report has to be a fact, right? Mm-hmm. What you're feeling is a fact. That's how I felt during that time. I think that's plenty fine to put into a report. You're not making assumptions on anything else. You're putting in, this is what I saw, this is what I perceived. That shit is important in a report, or at least the way I was taught. Absolutely. Uh, It's a lot of times in my reports, especially if there's a use of force or any type of aggressive uh, maneuver by law enforcement, I typically will include, you know, radio logs, you know, what 911 is telling me to put the reader or the jury or the judge, the attorneys in the state of mind as best I can in the state of mind that I was in when I was responding to the call. So by the time I got there, I'm expecting a fist fight, a gunfight. Um, that's part of the use of force continuum that is neglected. It's not thought about by the public is the mindset of the officer, the physical ability of the officer, the size of the officer that rarely gets discussed. I, I don't know, man, cause I'm thinking about this as we're talking about it and it should matter but in the court of public opinion, I don't know that it does because let's just say whatever XYZ case, it looks bad, quote unquote, in the court of public opinion, they're never going to see the police report. They're never going to read the police report. They're not going to read the deposition. They're not going to know what the cop said or what he was feeling or how he articulated what he's doing. I'm not saying not to do it all. I'm just saying sometimes it's kind of a, yeah. it feels helpless, you know? Well, it, I, we're going to talk about this situation later but there's certain warrants that are being called no-knock warrants when it's clearly was not you know so like if information like that is not being discussed in the public you know you can you can bet your ass that officer subject officer subject size differences are not going to be discussed you know this is a little off topic but about what we're talking about but i just want to the the listener out here one of you millions i want you to kind of think about something What's put in the paper is not fact, okay? What's on the news is not fact. A lot of it is opinions. A lot of it's speculation. The, the freedom of the press, they can put whatever the fuck they want in there. This is a little bit controversial, I think, probably to say, but there's a case, I think it is in Iowa. I don't know a ton about it, but basically um, this girl was being trafficked and she's 17 and she killed the guy that was trafficking her, which I got to be honest, man. Good for her. The issue with that is, I guess, like he was sleeping or something. She killed him in his sleep and she pled to a charge like assault or something like that. And she got I don't think she's actually going to do time or maybe time. She, she pled to time. voluntary manslaughter. Okay, She charged something. She got charged. She yeah. pled to something. OK. And so there's some kind of compensation for the victim's family or whatever. And she has to pay it. And there's this outcry like, well, she's not really a victim. And we need to fucking hang this judge. And that was a lot of what I saw. And I read into it a little bit. And I read somewhere 
and again, I'm not presenting this as fact. I'm just saying this is something else I read. And so this is something to consider. The judge didn't have a choice that's written into the law is that based on that charge, he has to fine her this much or whatever it is. So people are like throwing at the judge. Don't get me wrong. I fucking hate activist judges. But if the judge is following the law, that's what he's supposed to do. And I, there's always more to the story, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is even if you see something where a cop did something, you're like, oh, that looks great. It could be bad. Or there could be something where it's like, oh, that cop fucked up. There could be way more to it that we're not seeing and we're understanding. And it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things like, you know, what is it like? Believe like half of what you see. Yeah. Something like that. Well, and this, I don't want to segue too hard, but you say hard. I I did. I said hard. Um, (laughs) The, the stuff in the news now it depends on your news source, you know, but there's a lot of news sources that they are, they're publishing facts and they're only publishing facts, but they're not publishing context or like the counter claims. Um, One of them, I saw about my police department. It's like every single local media agency is posting this exact same headline that says we've analyzed the data and this agency um, disproportionately uses lethal force against African-Americans. And that's all they will put. The entire story will say this year they shot uh, like, like in 2021, um, all six police officer involved shootings involved a, a black person. And so they're like, well, last year, hundred percent of the people they shot were black, but they didn't put any other information in there. So it's like, did they put a fact in there? Yes, they did. Um, did all those people have guns <laughs> except for one that had a knife and she was trying to kill another girl. Yes. <laughs> and those. Did you talk those, to LeBron about that though? Um, you know, he's not answering my calls anymore. Uh, <laughs> <what a> dick. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of a bitch. Fucking Princess James. <laughs> he's a cunt. Fuck that motherfucker. I don't know, man. It is. It's aggravating because a lot of times I see stuff in the news and I'm like, there has to be more to it. All right. We're, we got we got a little off track track, but we'll 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 um, we'll circle back to some things. So. As I was, you know, kind of responding to people with this whole thing with the females can and cannot be cops. I I, I got on YouTube just to see if I could. It, let's be honest. We've all seen videos of guys fucking not using enough force or getting their ass kicked. So it's like it's a thing. Like people act like it's not a thing. But I happen to come across a lot of videos where guys were using tasers on females. And that kind of got my wheel spinning about the taser dependence. I'm not a big taser guy. I used it once in eight and a half years. Size, I have an advantage with size, right? I'm a a pretty big dude. (laughs) Not just fat. You know what's fucked up? Size matters. Small penis. How'd that figure? How how do you figure? But (laughs) but even besides being fat, even when I was in shape, like I'm pretty tall, so I I I have that advantage, and I take advantage of that. Like I don't, I don't know. I just thought the taser is so unreliable, and there's this or that with it. I. I just didn't use it a whole lot. And I thought I was fairly successful. I saw a lot of people use it all the fucking time. For the most part, I think people use it reasonably. I'm not saying it's not a tool I would keep on my belt. It is a tool I keep on my belt, but I think people are very dependent on it, which I think is a problem. But I would see these guys tasering gals that were like half their size. And my thing is, 
Why are you fucking tasering her? I don't know if it was just the way I was taught and brought up, but if somebody's just like kind of walking away from you, I'm not going to fucking tase them unless they're a threat. Like there's a, there's a great fucking video and I'm sure all of you guys have seen it. And this is actually a girl, but a female cops talking to this lady and the lady like pulls down her pants at the cop and then runs away. Oh yeah. And they take, she tases her in the back. It's funny as fuck. But my first <laughs> thought was, what's your justification for tasing her? She's not a threat. The way I was taught is you don't just tase somebody because they're getting away unless it's like, hey, they just fucking assaulted somebody. They're going to beat somebody else up or they're a threat or whatever. Then fucking tase him. But she fucking mooned you. You're going to fucking tase her for mooning you. I thought that was a little much. Well, and without even attempting to chase after her and grab onto her. Yeah. I, I, I know I, I see videos all the time of people using tasers. And I, and maybe that was one thing I think my department did well is we didn't. I mean, some people use them more than others, but you couldn't taste somebody for just fucking running away unless you had a reasonable justification. Am I off base with this scotch? Um, no, you're not. You're not too far off base. I, I'm pretty we're, we're new to the taser game. We just got tasers <laughs> probably, I don't know, a year and a half ago. OK, um, so, so you guys got rid of the horse and buggy like two years ago. And yeah, we're done with tasers. that. We're done with that. <laughs> Do you we're guys have the- attack raccoons or possums? No, did you guys get my message about possums earlier? Zero I did. Response. I did. I've been busy today, response. but I did see. Something I responded. About you responded, Ben. I did. I reacted. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> thanks, it, but I think we're still trying to like uh, adjust our taser policy. We can tase um, if someone is attempting to escape custody. So I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you would, you could call that maybe a fleeing suspect, but yeah, they have to pose some level of threat to either law enforcement or society. Okay. So escaping custody, let's, and I know, I know things have changed a lot over the last couple of years, but let's just say a shoplifter that's running from you. Would you tase a shoplifter? I would not tase any human being, but so my answer is no, but, um, no, I do not think that meets, in my personal opinion, I do not think that meets the the totality uh, to use a an electronic weapon with mm. gigawatts and wires and computers and things. Did you, know? you just say gigawatts? I did. <laughs> it's lightning. Does it- <laughs> He's got lightning in his uh, hand. You see uh, that guy with that lightning gun? A juice juice pistol. Y'all know what a juice juice pole is? You know what a juice pole is? I'm scared to know. Is it like a capacitor? No. It's it's a power pole. Yeah. It's called a juice pole. Yeah. So say that one more time. uh, Well, depending on where you're at in the Appalachian Mountains, it's a juice pole. Okay. There's no L. You don't pronounce the L. Um, But yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, no. A shoplifter that's fleeing from me. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, but, but, but per your policy, you could. No, because that's not a restable offense unless okay. it is a uh, third offense. How the fuck are you going to know? Oh, you know. know. You, you got to have a speedy dispatcher, you know, you show up to Coe's, which is Coles. Did I say it right? How would you, how do you say Coles? Like, the, do you even have fucking Coles there? Yeah, we got Coles. That's probably a little too bougie for West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. When somebody shows up to the Walmart, 
Walmarts. Yeah. Walmarts. <laughs> I mean, how do you know it's their third offense? That's pretty impressive. You know right away. I mean, like like now, like my status now, if someone runs from a shop link, uh, a shoplifting, I'm thankful that I don't you know, like. Well, they got away, you know, and um, no paper, I'm out. Okay, but regardless of my terrible example, it yeah. seems like you do have a fairly liberal policy on it. Um. Yeah they they encourage the, ta- the at this point they're encouraging the taser, um, a lot. There's they're gonna like, learn. Just like we were talking about with the uh, the females, where it's like your your gender and your size and your age and your personal knowledge are all factors. There's a lot of factors too into when you can use the taser, and it's not just whether or not they pose a threat to you. Um, like if someone's fleeing, if you're if you have a legitimate reason to chase somebody, it doesn't matter what the reason is, but it's legitimate. Let's say it's out of a traffic stop. If you're chasing somebody and you're getting to the point of exhaustion, you know, point of exhaustion is a point where you're allowed to escalate your use of force in most cases. Um, you know, if you're you're nearly exhausted, that becomes dangerous to you and everyone in the community. You're usually allowed to escalate your level of force. Sure. So if you're chasing after someone, you're at the point of exhaustion, that person's going to get away. At that point, deploy the taser. I, it, it's not always successful while you're running. It's actually rarely successful but i think that would be a good explanation for why you would try to taste someone that's just trying to get away yeah i i would buy that a little bit i i don't think based on my department that would have mm. flown because when your department was weird it was but i i and <laughs> that's the only place i work so i kind of subscribe to some of those ideas because that's what i know kind yeah. of thing when i've but, seen like that case i've seen it a thousand times i've never done it um but i've seen it and it and i i want to circle back if i could sure to uh the the petite females like tasing them if they don't pose a risk to you another good reason for using the taser is to prevent injuring that other party um i i we've <laughs> we've all we've all wrestled some skinny little girls right um but you know when you when you grab a hold of a female that's like tiny and you can feel both of her bones in your hand and she's twisting her arm trying to get away from you, if you hold on to her arm and you don't loosen up a little bit and let the arm turn within your grasp, her arms are her both bones are going to snap. Yeah. Um, you're going to cause a very serious injury to that person. So there's a good argument as well for tasing. I mean, I'm five nine, two hundred and thirty pounds at the moment. Um, if I'm fighting a girl that's five foot two, 105 pounds and I taser, <clears throat> some people might think, oh my God, that officer is a brute. He just used too much force. Well, what would you rather me do? Tase her or pick her up and suplex her on her head and break her spine, you know, or ta- run after her and tackle her and, and break multiple bones in her body. Uh, you know, sometimes using that taser is actually safer for the person that you're arresting. And that's, those are the times I've never tased a a petite female before, but like, I've only, I've only used a taser twice in my career. One of them, but that's the point though, dude, Well, you've been on a longer than I, I was and just a little, just a little. Right. And we've gone through our careers. Well, we'll see what happens with my own. I say my career is over, but we've gone through and we've used it very little and you know there's people on your department that use that shit once every couple weeks right oh yeah what does that tell you though but i I think 
no, they're, they're, I'm 100% on board with taser dependency. That's kind of like where I'm going to go. But um, I just want to kind of, I don't want to pigeonhole everything and to be like, well, this girl's small and she doesn't pose a threat to you. There's no reason to use a taser. No, there, there is an articulable reason to use a taser in that case. That's the, the main point I wanted to make. And like, well, well, hold on before you, before you move on, I just wanted to throw something out there with the taser. My issue with the taser, it's, you can articulate anything, right? As long as you're legally justified within policy, you can articulate anything and there's a time and place for everything. I will argue, though, a lot of times with tasers, the fall, if you get a good connection, is going to fucking do a lot more damage than anything else. Yeah. Well, now, there's, there's, there's also the argument that. that you tackle somebody and you're going to hurt, hurt yourself, too. So I, I get that, too. But I'm just saying try to control things. And then, it, you know, maybe you could if you feel the need to do the taser on, you know, I know you like beating up women, Ben. So if you want to tase the. <laughs> you know, no. five foot two, 130 pound gal, and you want to fucking taser, that's cool, dude. You know, if you feel like you're morally and ethically justified to do that, but I've seen so many people like fall backwards and fucking crack their skull open. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I feel like the taser there's for me, the taser has so many fucking flaws. It works half the time. It and then the like fall 80% is percent of the time. What half the time. And no. then the fall is fucking uncontrolled right so it, it depends where you're at too are you in a fucking middle of a park grass she'll be totally fine okay whatever fucker but you know if you're going through a parking lot and you taste somebody and they're gonna fall and crack their skull open maybe kill them i you know what i mean it's all no, I do. On what you can articulate but sorry you go on though well there's also there's policies and there's reason there's policies for those things but i want to the two times i've used a taser one a hundred percent. It was because we did not want to further injure this guy. And it was a, it was a domestic violence. The guy had ripped this woman's hair out of her skull scalp. It was brutal. We were in a kitchen and he went to the ground, pulled his hands under him. And it was one of those really small one bedroom apartment kitchens that there's no room to fight. My buddy was on his head. I was on his legs. We, we couldn't get his arms out without cracking him hard. You know what I mean? Like we were going to, we were going to seriously hurt this guy. So I tased him close quarter deployment, you know, small, the back followed up on his calf. I tell you what, his hands popped out quick and that fight was over in a heartbeat. We already had our hands on him. So it wasn't like we just jumped the gun and went to taser. But that's a good example of, you know, he didn't necessarily pose a threat. He was passively resisting with, well, he's actively resisting with his hands held under him, but the taser was very effective in that situation, preventing us from having, to start dropping bombs on him in order to get his hands out. Cause you know, you're looking at knees to the rib cage punches to the rib cage, you know, you know, all the different techniques. I, that was a, you what well, I was going to say, I, I, the second time I almost tased somebody and I didn't, it actually was a female. It's actually a really funny story. This is a, well, here, I'll just tell it and let's see what you guys think. So the call as I remember it, and it was a while ago is there was a bolo out on this car because like she left a suicide note or something crazy and her friend called and said hey my friend just left this is her car she said she's gonna go kill herself kind of thing and i found her in a parking lot sitting in the car and i go up to talk to her and i, I parked my patrol car right behind her right and kind of quasi traffic stop hit my lights go up and talk to her and i said hey what's going on how are you feeling kind of thing and she's like i'm good fuck you i don't want to talk to you I said, all right, we're 
let's, we'll work this out. Give me a second. Let me go check on some things. All right. I'll be right back with you. Cause at that point I didn't have all the information. Cause I was like, well, I'm not, you know how f- people can be where they call in things and it doesn't end up being like a legit M1 kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's just dramatic and it. not real. Yeah. yeah. So, but <laughs> I wanted to do my due diligence and make sure she was okay. And so what I did is I go back to my car and I start calling the RP and digging through things, trying to just make sure everything's on the straight and narrow. And she backs her car into my car and is trying to get away. And I was like, uh, I called out and I said, Hey, I need, you know, cover to step up. And it was one of those days where nobody, it was busy, right? There was nobody on patrol. So my, my cover was my Sergeant. And so she gets there and she's like backed in my car. And thankfully there was like no damage, but I was like, Hey, you got to get out. We got to talk about this. And so we're trying to get her out of the car and it ends up being like this big fight. And part of it, I didn't want to hurt her because she was smaller. So I was you know, trying to coax her out of the car. And my sergeant, who was a smaller female, just fucking like hopped in the car and like they were fighting in the car. It was fucking hilarious. We eventually get her out and she's so fucking squirrely. You know, I'm trying to get a good reach grab on her and trying to get a hold of her. And she's kind of doing this. You and that were trying and to say reach it. around. Say what now? You almost <laughs> said reach around. I did not almost say reach around because I'm a gentleman and it got to a point where I just kind of had enough. And as we've been fighting with her for a while and she wasn't like really hurting us, but she was kind of flailing and stuff. And we couldn't think about like, you guys have kids like a fucking toddler that doesn't want his diaper changed except like an adult and just flailing. Right. Are you saying that you would tease a toddler? Probably, but (laughs) fucking diapers suck, man. I know Saul would. He hates kids. He does. But so I, I fucking take my taser out. I take the cartridge out and I was going to give a, a dry stun. And my sergeant says, no, don't taser. And I was like, we've been fighting this bitch for three minutes. And it, again, it wasn't like, I wouldn't see it was like a fight, fight, like fight for your life. We're just kind of trying to get her in handcuffs without hurting her kind of thing. Because there's one thing to be fighting a felon and one thing to be fighting like a fucking crazy 25 year old that doesn't have her shit together kind of thing. And I was like, I'm because we all know that the dry stun is a lot less than getting all that fucking contact with the other ones. I was just going to give her a fucking little ride, get her in the control. And my boss said no. And it distracted me enough where she got a good fucking kick in. And I was so fucking pissed about that. So we ended up getting her in custody. It wasn't a big deal. I you know wrote her some tickets for being a bitch. I don't think that's the official charge. And we put her on an M1 and you know, I'm sure they dismissed the charge. But. The point is, you know, I'm acting all hoity-toity, but I would have tased that chick, and I wouldn't have thought anything about it. See? All right. I I repent. Yes. And I'll be fast because my my wife's used to it. Um, The other guy that I tased was on basalts, and he was naked, and I gave him seven rides. And then finally, he (laughs) finally had enough backup there that we were able to get him in cuffs. But as far as taser dependency and being afraid to go hands-on, it is a very serious problem. And I think a lot of guys, when they're for, when they're faced with a conflict, they immediately want to grab that, that taser because they think it's like their shield that's going to protect them. Um, I don't like pulling my taser out, especially in close quarters, because I want to be able to just physically control somebody. But that might also be because I'm a fairly large guy and I'm fairly strong. So like, I just feel comfortable doing that. But also, I've seen some other dudes that should be able to physically handle people, and the first thing that they do is just pull their taser out. So, it's it is it's a real problem. 
Scotch, me and Ben have been talking for a while. Do you have anything to add to this? Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. There, especially Ben. Um, it pisses me off when I see a guy. <laughs> it pisses me off when I see a police officer that can totally handle the situation physically, safely, physically, and they or reach- verbally. By the way, let's add that in too. Verbally, mm-hmm. and we they can go do that by using their mouth statistically with mouth hugs and <laughs> they reach for their taser that p- it pisses me off and, and maybe i'm not the taser hasn't proven itself to me yet maybe um but i i am you should be able to handle 99 percent of your work without your taser are the new guy i was talking about um we were talking with him the other night and he we asked him like what are you going to do and you know, Big Billy up the holler uh, tells you to go fuck yourself instead of going to jail. I'm going to tase him. What are you going to do when the chick doesn't get out of the car? I'm going to tase her. What are you going to do? That was his answer for everything. Physically, I'm going to tase him. I'm going to tase him. I'm going to tase him. And that's when we told him, you need to be able to handle yourself mentally. Like I can handle the situation without my taser. That's a, that's in my opinion, that's sort of a further down the line tool that I'm going to use. I'm going to use my body and my brain first. Um, it hasn't failed me yet. It may fail me tomorrow, but that hasn't failed me yet. It's worked so far. I've had thus far pretty much hundred percent success rate with my brain and my hands. Um, so I'm not going to choose something that's not a hundred percent or not 80% or not barely 30%. So far, I think is our percentage of successful tases in our department is 30 some percent. So I'm not going to touch that motherfucker. It goes up as you guys get more experience. Um, We, we had like a whole part of our taser class last, I think it was last year said it, you know, it started off below 50%, but now we're at like um, approaching 90% success rate. But part of that is because people stopped using it when it wasn't appropriate. So, you know, that's, it's, it's training. It's not, it's not necessarily the taser got any better. It's that the officers are using it at appropriate times now. And that was something that I forget what it was. They showed us the stats of when our department first got it. Um, We call like punching somebody as a level four, like, and I don't know what year we brought the taser on, let's say 2002. So in 2001, (laughs) our department punched like 40,000 people that year. And then in 2002, they tased 39,000 people and only punch 1000 people because everyone was just instantly like i want to tase i want to tase i want to tase and at that time you know the taser was like four percent effective um but it it goes up over time but there's there's like i was thinking about your your situation with that dude and um you know your experience is your experience mine is mine and so is lenny's or whatever name is using this week um i am in an environment where i have backup close like if I can hold on to someone for five minutes, I'll have no less than 10 officers on scene within five minutes. Um, I don't necessarily think I need to use a taser because I can grab a hold, grab a hold of somebody. If it goes to the ground, I just need to keep them from kicking my ass and I need to, you know, roll with them, do whatever I can bear hug them, get on their back. If I have to, um, if I didn't have backup so close, I, I might, you know, keep my distance a little bit and try to use that taser more. I don't, I don't know. It's just something for other people to consider, you know? Well, and I don't, I I say at the beginning of the podcast and I'll throw it out here too. We're not the authority on training. We're just three guys having a discussion on that. 
yeah. do what's appropriate for you, but I just want people to think about it a little bit. I think while we're having this discussion, I think it's equally important to see where I see some people have their tasers out when they should have their fucking guns out. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. We don't lethal clear houses force, with a taser. Lethal force <laughs> is lethal force. You know, it's one thing if you have a couple of other people on scene with lethal cover. All right, I'll get less lethal out just in case. Sure. That's fine. But if you're the primary person, have your fucking gun out, not a fucking taser. You're not going to win a knife fight. You're not going to win a gun fight with a fucking taser. Okay. Correct. Thank you. Thanks for my service. You are welcome. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. The next thing, unless you guys have anywhere else, any further thoughts on this, I think we beat that possum to death. Yeah, I think we, <laughs> we beat that possum. Why do they call possums? Why is what's with the O and possum? They should just take it out. Yeah, agreed. I don't know. Yeah, that's wrong. Anyway, the next topic that I want to beat like a possum <laughs> sense, is the other day I threw up on my on my story post. I asked people basically. If you take a call and it ends up towards the end of the call or maybe even the beginning of the call, somebody's like, hey, I, I don't really want this to go to court, but I want to report it. Or, you know, maybe later in the investigation, they say, you know what, I, I don't want to I don't want to go through the court process. Do you respect that or do you file anyway if you have PC? I know that me and Ben probably agree on this for the most part. I think there's caveats to it. But I was um, the poll numbers. It was like seventy five percent to twenty five percent, where seventy five percent of the people were like, "No, fucking charge it. Let the courts deal with it." And I, I purposely wrote it as "Let the courts deal with it," and then the other one was "Respect the victim's wishes." And even with it written that specific way, trying to tug on some heartstrings, it still was only twenty five percent. I guess to start out to kind of let you guys know what my thoughts are, there's really actually three answers to that maybe four or five what the hell was that don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's different answers to that question there's obviously it's not just one or the other because there are certain situations where it may be more appropriate to charge i just wanted people to think i generally lean towards the criminal justice system is packed as it is if you get through with something and somebody says i don't really want to pursue charges why are you going to put them through that process? Why are you going to send it up to the DA? That's the way I look at it. Does anybody disagree with that? I agree with it hundred percent. I'm, I'm throwing deuces. If I don't have a victim, um, I'm out. I mean, I, I drew a hard line in the sand a long time ago at the beginning of my career. I will not care about an investigation more than the victim. I'll drive myself crazy. So, and from time to time, 
when I have a victim that appears to be on the fence, I'll give the victim a task. Um, hey, I need, you know, I would have to get a subpoena um, and stuff to get your medical records or to get your banking records. So you can grab that without a subpoena. So why don't you grab it and run it by the office next week? Um, that'll kind of keep my victim in the game. And, and, and if they are a legitimate victim that, that wants to pursue this thing, they feel involved and it gives them a, a sense of, you know, like they're, they're dealing with their own shit. Um, if a victim tells me they don't, they don't want, you know, the suspect to go to jail or they don't, and they're the sole victim, then, then I'm out. I'm not going to waste my, cause I have victims that do care and that do want to pursue things. And I need to focus my energy on the folks that want my help. Um, you know, if we, we have a somewhat of a duty log, it's kind of a, it's more than CAD. Um, it's just at each of our offices that we basically notate every complaint that comes in um, on pen and paper. Um, so y'all have computers or no? Some of us <laughs> do. Yeah, some of us do. Um but yeah, so there's, if you want something noted, you know, there's a lot of avenues we can take to note things, but I'm not going to crank out a report and do an investigation if you're not willing to, to pick up your end of the deal. So I, I'm out. No victim. I'm not, I'm not going to pursue anything. One thing that people don't realize, like in the, the jurisdiction where I work, we will have shooting victims. Like, cause I know, I know the situation that you're talking about and it's got people upset because it's a serious matter. <clears throat> and they're like, Oh, this is a serious crime. This person needs punished and yada, yada, yada. But the victim doesn't want to prosecute. So they just stop the investigation. It appears, but like people don't realize how many shooting victims, like in my jurisdiction, we have, man, I think it was close to 2000 people were shot last year in my city. And you know, the detectives will go to the hospital. Once that person's in recovery, whatever, they'll say, Hey, do you have any idea who this person is? And they'll say, nah, say, okay. Um, do you have a description? Nah. Okay. If we are able to identify this person and show them to you in a lineup, are you willing to, you know, go to court and testify if we file charges? And they'll say, no, I don't want anything done. The detective will say, thank you very much. Close up their notepad, go tear down the scene and they're done. Um, they're, there's a few crimes that you can say are more serious than a shooting, but I would say everybody would agree that being shot is a very serious thing. If we're going to look at it that way, then maybe some of these other things that might not rise to that level, you should accept the fact that if the victim doesn't want to prosecute, there's no case. Yeah. And I guess that would be the message to that. I would have to folks that kind of get upset when charges aren't filed. Now, again, this isn't like, every situation is exactly the same. And again, this is what I was talking about earlier with maybe some of the information in the newspaper isn't exactly correct, but for the sake of argument to play devil's advocate here, or not devil's advocate to play my advocate here. If you have somebody that doesn't want to be part of the process. Yes. Do we want to fucking absolutely get justice for them? Yes, we do. But the way our system is set up, they need to be part of it. You cannot very rarely, I'm sure there's a scenario, so I'm not going to say never, but you cannot convict somebody without a victim, mm -hmm. without their statement, without their information. 
And so when you see these unsolved shootings, you see these unsolved homicides, you see all this crazy shit and no one ever gets charged. Some of it is a lack of cooperation and some of it, the victim just decides, I don't want to do anything, which sucks because there's some fucking pieces of shit that need to be in jail right now. I've actually never had a homicide victim that has cooperated with the investigation. You mean a dick because you took that out of context. <laughs> you did. I took totally that way out of context. That's one of my favorite. Uh, there's a news clip where the lady's like, she got some guy got shot by the cops or something. Like, we tried to talk to the victim, but we were unable to reach him while he got shot. What I was saying is like, there, you know, there's fucking, you know, this better than anyone, dick face. There's fucking <laughs> homicides in the hood that people fucking witnessed. Everybody knows who the shooter is, but they won't fucking tell the cops. That's what I was talking about, asshole. Well, shooters, yes, but not murderers. Um, here's here's one that aggravates the shit out of me <clears throat> because there are some crimes where you don't need the victim to cooperate. Murder is one. Um, You're an the, asshole. That is not what I said. <laughs> Way out of context. The, the, it's 100 in context, but also depending on your state, I don't know if every single state is this way. I know that Ohio is this way. For domestic violence, we don't need the victim to cooperate. Um, you know, we show up to charge. Correct. Well, going nowhere in court, though. That's the reality of the situation, but it's not the it's not to the letter of the law. Um, if we have witnesses that it, the crime has occurred, we don't still legally you can still get a conviction without the victim cooperating. Um, if the neighbors watch old dude, you know, haul off and bust this woman's nose, and they see the blood spurt out immediately after the punch. We arrive at the house. She's got blood running down her face. And she's like, no, I fell. And we're looking at dude and he's like smirking at us. We can still lock him up and they can still prosecute that case. I know this for a fact, at least in Ohio, for sure, um, because they started when body cameras came out, they got all excited because we were having witnesses like recant or refuse to show up to court. And they had some cases go through where they just showed the officer's body cam of this, you know, woman bleeding from the face, crying with her kids, terrified that daddy was going to kill the whole family and uh, giving her telling the story. And they were able to get some convictions on that. Um, One thing that's been frustrating as of the last couple of years for me is that the prosecutor's office has kind of stopped doing that. So like some of these crimes that well, that's because domestic violence isn't a violent crime. That's right. It's not a violent <laughs> crime. It's well, we can elaborate on that more in a minute. But yeah, it's there are some crimes that either society is the victim, um, so you don't need a cooperating victim like discharge into habitation or find a weapon near school grounds, certain drug offenses. Um, but the majority of them, if it's a crime where there's a, an injury. You you need the person to to be able to show up in court, or they or the case is done, just like uh, Scotch was saying. And like our robbery detectives do the same thing on um, if it's a robbery that occurs, but it actually occurred between two personal friends, they won't respond out to scene. They'll call the victim. They're like, "Hey, give me his number." They'll call him and say, "Okay, here's my number. Um, have the give the officers all the information you have. I'm going to follow up with you." And they'll follow up and they'll say, okay, I need you to come into my office and I'll do almost like a deposition to make sure that this case is prepared for court. 
after three days when they follow police people, they almost never follow through with charges. So they've stopped, you know, responding and charging people right away because they got so frustrated with people bailing on the process. So now they give them three days to think about it. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is important because witnesses do matter on some of these crimes where you can, with a witness, you can prosecute that stuff. But in general, it's hard without a victim. And I get, you know, especially the case I'm referring to, it's pretty fucked up. I mean, that the, the people responsible for that, if it's true, it's, it's fucked up, man. There should be something more than a slap on the wrist. Yeah. But at the same time, if the victim doesn't want to go through the court process, which that could be a whole argument for another day, because I think sometimes in this country, it is really fucking shitty to be a victim because you get up on the stand and you're re-victimized again because you mm-hmm. have the defense attorney going after you. Thank you, fucking Saul. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the way the system is. It, it, and I, you know, I think there's flaws with it. I think we have a fairly decent system because the other hand of that, if you are, you know, you're fucking charged with one of these crimes, people fucking lie and make shit up. So you want to yeah. be able to defend yourself. So, it comes with both sides, but I get why people don't want to sit up on the stand and have to tell their story and then have some asshole defense attorney up their ass. You know, I get it. Well, especially domestic violence victims. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I would really like to see more cases tried based on what the victim said at scene on a video recording. I know there's some prosecutors out there that actually have nuts and they will prosecute those cases, but those prosecutors are uh, a dying breed. Somebody had a a comment, which I I do agree with when I did this poll, and I think it makes sense in some circumstances, depending on what it is, charging the crime, even though you know it's going to get turfed, it puts the liability somewhere else, which saying that out loud, I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of a believer the buck stops here. Like I can articulate in my report, hey, I did this. There is PC here. However, the victim does not want to go through with the court process, so I'm not going to charge. Because here's the thing. You arrest somebody, and it goes south. I think a valid argument could be made, whether you have PC, and you can't. You can't arrest with PC without a victim in most circumstances, depending on where you are. I don't want to say every situation. But for the most part, you can. You can arrest somebody with PC, even if, quote, unquote, the victim doesn't cooperate. But you end up getting in some fucking crazy use of force. You don't. Do you think they're going to look at that shit where they're like, you fucking knew she wasn't going to go to court. You knew he wasn't going to go to court and you went and got in a fucking fight with this guy and knocked down drag out fight and a bunch of people got hurt, but you knew this was going to get dropped anyway. I think there is some thinking with that too. It it's kind of makes things tough, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a constitutional conflict there. <laughs> yeah. It just, just because you're it's, it's just because you should, doesn't mean you should or can just because you can doesn't mean you should. What? Right. He got it confused because he wasn't on the podcast. I know. I miss that. <laughs> I miss class that day. <clears throat> and I'm all hopped up on Dayquil right now. Um, no, but it is. It, I've I've had this argument with um, supervisors before where they wanted me to go back and arrest somebody. And I was like, no, I, for one, I don't believe the victim. So I don't have probable cause in my mind. It's not 51% for me. Like, well, yeah, but they said this and they're willing to write a statement. And you're you're covered from liability if you make an arrest. It's like, yeah, I'm not making an arrest simply because I'm covered from liability. I'm making an arrest because I think it's the right thing to do. And I don't know. That's a story for another day, I guess. I think it's a decision you have to make. 
if you're good with it morally you think you're good with it okay that's your decision to make i'm again like i said like five minutes ago this is just three guys having a conversation i'm fucking hammered i know these guys aren't we're just talking about shit and hopefully you know people can kind of think about these things a little bit and for those that aren't in law enforcement it kind of gives you a better understanding of some of these moral ethical constitutional debates you have on some of these things because you know people are like i'll fucking go throw the book at them and i can't believe they got away with it but there's so much more to it a lot of times where a it appears that law enforcement or the law is black and white but this is a very gray at times a very gray profession i mean you can be do the right thing as best you can but you're going to be wrong in some eyes and you're going to be a hero in other eyes. And uh, like the, the moral aspect of things, the, the DV where the victim doesn't want to cooperate, that's kind of gray. Are you going to make the arrest and look like a dumbass in court or the thing get tossed before it ever goes to court? Um, folks think that, that the job itself, enforcing the law itself is black and white. And it's, I think it's more gray than any other profession I, I know about. Scotch, you, have to, you have to balance a lot of things. Yeah. Scotch, do you have a mandatory DV arrest in West Virginia? No, we do not. Um, but like Ohio, I guess, um, we can arrest on a DV without victim's cooperation. Okay. Yeah, Colorado, it was if you have PC, you have to make an arrest. Yeah. I... It's tough because yeah. I, I understand the thought process behind all of that, you know, because I guess the story that I heard, um, this is actually one of my dad's stories. I probably asked him before I should quote it, but, and I think I've talked about it before, but basically he told me a story of a DV. I don't know if he was on it or not, where before Colorado had the, you have to make an arrest on a DV. They had a couple that was fighting and they had PC and the cops look at the mail and they said, do you want to press charges? He says, fuck no female. Do you want to press charges? No, fuck you. They went back three hours later, the house had been burnt down and both of them died. And that allegedly was one of the catalysts behind that law. I don't know if that's true or not. You should probably ask my dad next time he's on, or maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like that's the story he told me back in the day. So I, I get the thought process behind all of that. And, you know, we talk a lot about how the DVs are very dangerous calls. And let's, you know, let's be honest. Some of the times we've been most upset in our lives has to do with, you know, spouse, a significant other. So those are really hyped up situations. I get the idea of at least separating people. But then I also, man, I've had some really, really sticky tack stuff where I had to make an arrest on it because there was a fucking, because of the mandatory arrest. For example, one of the first DVs I can remember making was phone harassment. This gal, they'd been separated forever. They're not living together. Guy's not in any real danger, but he'd send her like a hundred text messages and she fucking admitted it. I had to fucking arrest her. Set her right in her ticket and said, fucking knock it off, go to court. I had to arrest her because that's the DV law. In Colorado. Was there a protection order in place? No. Just texting. Phone harassment, man. 
And that's under the DV code. Yeah, harassment in Colorado. <laughs> I, I, it's been a year, over a year, but there were certain crimes. Harassment was one of them, where if you know you're harassing, intimidate, and man, that could go for it. And like it was like harassment, intimidation, assault, and all kinds of shit. It was funny because the DV law didn't actually talk about necessarily like the DV law, as I re- recall, and Colorado people correct me if I'm in wrong. I'm, it's been a little while, but it didn't actually say what statutes fall in it, but it said the type of things that would fall in it and harassment and intimidation was one, like, one of those things. So she was sending him a hundred text messages. It was from her phone number. She admitted it. I had to make an arrest on it. I was a rookie. I actually remember this is funny. I'll, here's a little rookie story for you is I went to the call, talked to him. I go over, talk to her. And she's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I did. It. He's an asshole. I said, well, you can't. And there was a, a charge in our city that had to do with phone harassment. I said, well, you can't do that. You can't text them a hundred times within you know an hour. And I wrote her a ticket and I was typing my report and I realized I was like, fuck, this is a DV. So I called my Sarge up, said, Hey man, uh, I just wrote this chick a ticket for phone harassment. This is what it is. They were in a relationship. And he's like, you wrote her a ticket. You know what you're supposed to do, right? I was like, fuck, all right. So I went back there, and I fucking snatched her up or took her to jail. We're, we're talking about it. This is like seven years later, eight years, nine years later. It's a fucking stupid thing to take somebody to jail, but the fucking – I'm mandated by, by law to make that arrest because it's a DV in Colorado. You shall make an arrest. That's a dumb law. It is a dumb law. I'm just telling you that that's what it is. And Colorado people, when you hear this, feel free to send a message back and see if you disagree with it. But the way DV law, as I understand it, is the shall make an arrest and harassment fell into that. And that was phone harassment. So I had to make an arrest. Yeah. In Ohio, it's only cause, attempt to cause, or cause a person to believe that they're in danger of serious, eminent, like eminent physical harm or something like that. Okay. So it's not just like fucking with them. No, you can, unless there's a protection order in place. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, what is it? It's CR 186803.5. I'm going to look it up because I want to know if my drunk ass remembered it. One time as a rookie, I had a ticket um, incident. True story. I wrote 18, 18 citations for cockfighting. What? And uh, yeah, and um, they all got dismissed. Because the senior guy that I was with, um, maybe I was riding with him, handed me his ticket book. And it's like, yeah, you know, cockfighting. So that's what I wrote on all 18 tickets was cockfighting. And then he gave me the code section to write on the ticket, which I did. But they all were dismissed because it's actually cruelty to animals, not cockfighting. Uh, mm. That just reminded me. Sorry, I was... Yeah, those, well, and those can always be refiled. Yeah. Uh, because you didn't file the appropriate charge. Sure. That was one of the excuses that um, my city attorney used to dismiss about 2,000 criminal charges related to the riots was that um, officers made clerical errors. <laughs> hey, by the way, I got the code because I said 186803.5, right? Uh, nobody cares. Probably. <laughs> Fuck you. But I said 186803.5. That's actually a violation of protection order. I was close. 
It's uh the DV is for those listening at home that give a shit. Not Ben apparently is uh eighteen six eight hundred point three, Colorado CRS, and it is domestic violence means the actor threatened to act of violence upon a person with whom the actor has been involved in a relationship. Domestic violence also includes other crimes against a person or against property, including an animal or against municipal ordinance. Ordinance, sorry, I'm drunk. Ordinance violation against person, property, including animal. Blah blah blah. When used as a method of coercion, control, punishment, intimidation, or revenge. So God, there you go. That I is broad. It is that super is broad. So I didn't broad. actually say harassment like I thought, but yeah, very broad. Yeah. So it made it tough because a lot of these things were like, fuck, like there's yeah. not an element of danger with this, but per statute, we have to make that arrest. Yeah. I would never again, live in Colorado. Like, I go back to the judge thing I was talking about a while ago where the judge had to find this, you know, potentially a victim of trafficking because that's what the law says. I suppose the, the judge probably has a little more leeway than a fucking beat cop does, but sometimes a beat cop has to fucking do what they have to do because that's what the law says. Yeah. And if you want cops going fucking rogue, you're probably the first person to tell me, oh, cops need to fucking follow the law, blah, blah, but not the law I don't like. Don't follow that law. Yeah. That's an you argument know, that's we could go fucking days on that whole thing. Well, and you brought up a point probably you, you didn't realize you did, but it, it hit home. You with say me. that a lot, by the way. You're an <laughs> asshole. Well, you're a condescending prick, but go on. <laughs> you, you actually you made a brilliant statement that I'm sure went over the heads of the majority of your listeners. Only ben because, thinks he's better than you guys, by the way. Only because you are so intelligent that <laughs> I barely caught it. Um, I I think that in states where you have mandatory arrests, like for domestic violence, you should also have mandatory prosecution. And you should not, if someone is charged under the DV section, you should not accept a plea deal for something that is not under the DV section. Um, that is something that happens here in Ohio a lot. And what it does, thank you. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Um, what it does, especially with domestic violence in the state of Ohio, one conviction, it's a misdemeanor. Your second charge is a felony charge. And that matters. Um, when someone is charged with misdemeanor domestic violence and you plea it down to something bullshit like criminal mischief, then next time they get arrested for domestic violence, guess what? It's a misdemeanor again. Mm -hmm. So now they've got a misdemeanor conviction of criminal mischief, and then they're charged again with domestic violence. Guess what happens? I'm talking about someone that we're going to be talking about here in a minute. That also gets played down to a misdemeanor um, criminal mischief. And then they get charged with domestic violence again for assaulting their pregnant girlfriend. Um, in the state of Ohio, assaulting someone who's pregnant visibly and that you know that they're pregnant is automatically felony domestic violence. But guess what? Person gets charged with misdemeanor and they have no previous uh, domestic violence convictions. Why? Because the officers are doing their job and the courts aren't. And that is bullshit. You know, there was a time, I thought, where when you had these fucking people doing horrendous things, there was a fight within law enforcement and the fight within the DA's office. Let's fucking hang a felony on this asshole. We don't do that anymore. We fucking apologize for people for that don't know how to fucking act. It's ridiculous. Yep. yep. Real quick, uh, let's get into your thing, but I need to fucking go grab a couple beers. I'll be back in like 15 seconds. Okay. Don't time me though. Are you guys doing good on time? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hang on just one second. I'm having like too good of a time, which is probably a problem. <laughs> it shows. I've already taken my sleeping pills, so we'll see how much longer it lasts. So the the female officer video that he was talking about, yeah, uh, Saul just posted it in the group chat. Okay, or he posted a screenshot from it, and he's doing it to piss me off. <laughs> I haven't got it yet. Now, here we go. Dear Are you just talking about me? Yes. Talking about Saul, because that video with the female officer that you were mentioning, um, Saul posted it in the group chat, and he's <laughs> using it to pester me. Which one? The uh... the female officer that had to have the bystanders come help her out. Oh, okay. He goes, is this the Ohio method of officer presence? Which <laughs> <laughs> he's such a dick. Okay. He's very, I will give credit where credit's due. I might have to save some of this, but he is the expert at getting under people's skins. He knows exactly what to say to piss yeah. people off. I love, I love it so much. That's what I love so much about him. The yeah. thing is with that stuff, I just don't respond. I just let it go. <laughs> like half the shit that Scotch says to me in the chat. Here, here's the thing. The reason I don't respond is because I'm a mean motherfucker. And I will get right down to your core, the thing that makes you the least secure about yourself, and I will fucking eviscerate you. And I don't want to do that because I like you people. So I just don't. What respond. do you mean, you people? You I have people. no. I have zero feelings. I have no feelings at all. No. You can't hurt my feelings. It's impossible. Or I will Keith. turn. I will turn myself against you <laughs> if I start saying these things. It's, I, I fucking will turn evil. It's bad. So I just don't Can- respond. Can we keep this all in? Because I think it's funny. I don't care. Can we keep this in? That's what she said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So keep I guess since uh, since I've gotten some more beers, we're ready to go. Really quick, uh, an announcement I need to make. I've come to a decision here. Uh, I used to really enjoy Coors Light. And everybody, oh, Coors Light. I can't drink. I, I mean, I can drink the banquet, the good stuff. But I'm fat. All right. So I'm trying to lose weight. So I drink light beer. Okay. Fuck off. Coors Light is a fan favorite. Um, I was feeling a little homesick, so I got a little, you know, slice of home, the local beer. And um, Fuck. I hey, have I'll, to... be, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. One sec. You're a dick. Um, he's probably like going to save somebody's life. But <laughs> I've decided that Bush Light is better than Coors Light. I would agree with that. Yeah. I... And by the way, people, for the farmers. I, I only have a few left. They stopped selling them. And I decided uh, this is my official lawn mowing beer. And I won't be mowing the lawn too much more the rest of the year. So it's a special occasion that I cracked it open for you, buddy. Well, thank you for your service. You're welcome. I don't know why I don't have um, Proud to Be an American on standby when we're doing these podcasts. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I, I hate Coors Light. I think it tastes like uh, it tastes like someone took a piss through a strainer that was made from wheat bread. <laughs> All right. I'm, I just opened a Coors Light. I'm going to have a, this is riveting podcast. We had such a great discussion. And now since Scotch kind of <laughs> fucked us here, um, probably saving somebody's life, cat in a tree or something. Uh, I'm going to take a sip of Coors Light. And I'm going to take a sip of Bush Latte. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Okay. Coors Light's going to overpower the bush. You won't be able to taste it. Did you say bush? I did bush. It's, it's something that women used to have back in the 90s. 
that's a conversation we could have actually i don't want to have that conversation ah yeah i would say the bush goes down smoother the course has a little bit of an aftertaste this course was a little better though yeah it's it's like that funky wheat aftertaste i just don't like course that way some some is better than others i I've told this story on the podcast before. I think I have. I, I don't know. I drink a lot and I can't remember sometimes. But that's healthy. I, yeah, totally healthy. Totally good. But I went to uh, Ozzy Osbourne with my buddy. And this was even a couple of years ago. But let's be honest, man. Ozzy is fucking geriatric at this point. Yeah. But Zach Wild stole the show, man. If And, and I've talked about him before. Zach Wild's fucking amazing. Black Label is really good. I like Black Label Society. But. I got a fucking Coors there in it. It was at the Pepsi center. I think it's called like ball arena now or something, which is fucking ridiculous. What a name for a fucking hockey rink and basketball court is fucking ball arena. But anyway, how did I just notice your name's Ben is the greatest ever, by the way, you're such a there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that beer was the fucking coldest best beer I've ever had in my fucking life, and I've hung on to it forever. But le- the bush latte is just better. What you're a PBR guy, aren't you? Me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I like PBR, but I, I like banquet as well. The the high test. All right. Well, we should we should get back back on track a little bit here because this is the last few minutes have been a train wreck. I kind of threw everything <laughs> off the rails. It's the second train wreck of the show, actually. I was going to go somewhere, but I totally lost track of it, but that's fine. Oh, let me ask you boys a question because it's kind of related. Felony menacing. We got a lot of that where I worked and people get all like, oh, shit. Somebody, you know, there's a your road rage type call, right? Where somebody calls in, so somebody pointed a gun and somebody get on the air and say, hey, well, uh, do they want the victim want to talk to the cops? No. All right. Cancel the call. I don't know that that happens in um, different places around the world. But I guess since we're talking about it, is that kind of a similar thing you guys would do in your jurisdiction, Ben? Um, firstly, it's not a felony. It's just a misdemeanor. Like, um, throwing a cause... gun at somebody is a misdemeanor. Correct. Yeah. Throwing to cause serious physical harm to another person without causing that harm is a misdemeanor. Um, and if we get Why those not? calls and it's like a refuse call, or we get these road rage calls, like, a lot (laughs) it's very frequent often one car will mark on it and say hey i'll go check that out and what he means is i'm just going to mark busy on this run for the next 20 minutes i'm going to clear oh lenny's muted yeah i was i was gonna burp or something oh but i uh i was laughing because that is funny (laughs) i heard a squeak i was like what was that that was the mouse Oh, gerbil okay. up my ass. Yeah, <laughs> but the same thing happens when people calling about people speeding, people weaving in and out of traffic, all that stuff. Uh, one of the guys will be like, "Hey, I'll I'll take care of that," and that means, yeah, we're not we're not going to do anything about that. God, Lenny, we I'm don't even falling apart. I'm falling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, just anybody playing at home because I feel like looking up Colorado laws today, which I probably shouldn't be. I should be looking at Iowa laws, but in Colorado, the Use of a deadly weapon or article that a person would reasonably believe to be a deadly weapon. Um, that can be a felony. So 
uh, Colorado has a new name. It's California 2.0. It's absolutely. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on a fucking second. All right. I know your fucking state of Ohio is riddled in crime. Do you think it really should be a misdemeanor to point a fucking gun at somebody? It depends on sure. the context. I mean, did you it, say depends on con? No, you point a gun at somebody. <laughs> you fucking reasonably okay. believe they're going to be fucking shot. That's a fucking felony. Go fuck yourself. Go sit in jail, you piece of shit. Um, what happens if you fire around and it doesn't hit anybody? Uh, I mean, that could be that attempted charge? murder. One it could be attempted murder. murder. Could it not? Attempted murder? Where? Where in the world can you get that to go through the court? I didn't say going through the court. I okay. said charging. We're, I'm talking about real world. Hold on. You fire a shot at somebody. Yes. And you don't think you can articulate attempted well, murder. Okay. What happens if you fire a shot at somebody and you hit them in the leg? What's that charge? Attempted murder. No, definitely not in Ohio. It's just Florence assault cause serious physical harm to another person. Ohio is a shithole. Okay. But just Colorado's a shithole too. Every time you shoot at someone doesn't mean you're trying to kill them. You have Why to articulate... else would you shoot at them? Because you're a drunk idiot with a fucking gun. So go like, sit in I... jail. Yeah, they need to go to jail. I'm a drunk idiot, and I've never time. thought to fucking shoot somebody. Well, <laughs> you've Ohio's a shithole, man. No, but like it. Well, like that's this is the the progression. You know what I mean? Like if you shoot someone and they die, it's murder. <laughs> if you walk up to someone. You put the gun to their dome and you pull the trigger and they live. That's attempted murder. If you're 20 yards away and you shoot someone in the, and they get hit in the leg, it's a felonious assault with a firearm spec. If you tell somebody, I'm going to kill you and you point a gun at them, but you don't pull the trigger, that shouldn't carry the same weight as actually shooting and hitting somebody. I never said it would. I said, it's, if you threaten to kill somebody, it's aggravated and menacing. It's, it's menacing. Felony menace. It should be yeah. a felony. It's, it's an M1. Look, it's punishable up to a year. And also, they never go anywhere. No, they don't because the victims don't want to prosecute because the people <laughs> doing these sorts of crimes, we somebody made an excellent point today, and I won't name them, but most of the time, these really shitty crimes, it's the victims and the suspects. One day, you're the suspect. The next day, you're the victim. Mm-hmm. The next day, you're the victim. One day, you're the suspect. Because... Boom. Out in like decent parts of the country, aka West Virginia. Iowa. Yeah. Do we have fun stuff to do? No. Do we have porn? Excuse me? Yes. Do we felony menace each other? Probably not. Ohio. It's not sucks. a felony in Iowa. I don't know. I, Let me you know what I think I, it's probably talk. Less... I'm gonna see if it's um scotch. The hell does menacing mean? Yeah, go ahead. Every every crime is menacing, is it not? We don't have a menacing charge. You don't. What do you call it when you threaten banjo someone? charge? Well, we I was looking. We we have a uh, it's called wanton endangerment, which is basically brandishing a firearm. We have a brandishing charge, which is a misdemeanor. But wanton endangerment is any person who performs any act with a firearm which creates a substantial risk of death or serious bodily injury to another is a felony. Okay, so does pointing at somebody cause a risk of that harm? Yes. I guess it could. It could, but is it really? Like in court? I mean, that'd be really easy for... Yeah. It'd be hard to prove, and it'd be easy for a defense attorney to rip apart. 
I've convicted on it before for for pointing a gun at someone. And it's a felony in your state? Yeah, but there's also, like I said, there's also a brandishing, which is very similar, but it's a misdemeanor to brandish a deadly weapon. See, in, in Ohio, you're allowed to brandish a weapon all day long. As long what? as you're not like a convicted what? felon or something like that. Yeah. What? No, I just had this big knockdown drag out argument with these women about that very topic. Like they were mad because someone pointed a gun at them. I'm like, well, you deserved it. So go away. Well, that's one thing though. I'm just saying just to brandish it, just to brandish it. What do you call brandishing? Like carrying it on your hip or actually pointing it at someone? Or like holding it at the low ready. I don't I don't know what you I, know, I don't I don't know. I'm Circum- sure there's a definition. It's circumstantial. I mean, I, I suppose in my Colorado context, and I don't know Iowa law good enough to really navigate this. We need to move on from here because okay. I don't. It's crazy. This like I thought everybody had some kind of fucking like. Oh hey, you point a gun at somebody, that's a felony charge. But apparently, in fucking cowboy land, uh, Ohio, you don't have that. And hey, we have um, no like what is it? You're no longer required to have a permit to carry concealed anymore either. Oh, that's awesome. And we don't we don't so have that here either. We same have freedom. Here. Yep, same here. You have freedom. I don't know, man. You talk a lot about Ohio, and I don't think there's much freedom there. But moving on. The next thing I wanted to talk about with you, fine gentlemen, clear, concise orders, which ties into in an Ohio case. I, I talked about this uh, with the Georgia boys, and I, I don't know if it came up in between there and here anywhere else, but my department, we kind of got away from the like, show me your hands kind of thing. And we are going more towards freeze. Okay, they freeze. All right, they stop doing what they're doing. Stop, don't move, whatever. All right, we got compliance there. All right, they're complying there. Okay, the next order would be, all right, I need to see your hands, but don't take anything out of your pockets, just your hands or whatever, after you have that initial compliance. Because I've seen videos where people pull their hands out. Now, pulling your hands out could seem like you're pulling a weapon out, right? Could it not? Mm, so when you say, movement. let me show your your hand, let me show me. Show me your hand. Sorry, I'm, I'm muttering through this, but show me your me, gun. Show me your gun. Right. That's what that order <laughs> is sometimes. But still, you, I've seen videos where people yeah. pull their hands out of their pockets like they're ordered to do and they get fucking smoked. Yeah. That's a problem. Yes. So I, I wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on all of that, because I, I like I, like I said, I think I was the Georgia boys that talked about that a little bit, because I think you maybe start somewhere else, because ultimately you know, that's one of the uh, the big threats is hands. You want to see their fucking hands. But at the same time, I think if you ask to see somebody's hands and then you shoot them for following your orders, that's that's a problem down the line. So maybe you start with something else and then, all right, they're listening to me. Let's move to the next step. Is that fair? Ben, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. Um, it's hard. I'm trying to think because like I do things differently than a lot of people. Um, when I'm communicating with somebody, I just make sure that I have their attention and I find a way to do that without screaming stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to think of ones that I've dealt with recently. Um, my buddy and I were on one, it was actually one of our undercover guys. He was on a human trafficking task force driving over to check on this house. And he just happened to roll up on 
a fight between two dudes, watch one dude go over to his car, get a gun out, point at the other guy and kind of hold him at gunpoint for a minute. So he's, um, he's calling everything out over the radio and we're, you know, we're running in lights and sirens. Um, he lost sight of the guy for 15 seconds while we were in route. And then we show up, he's on the air and he's like, Hey, cruiser X, it's that guy right in front of you. And the description couldn't have been more perfect. We, we hundred percent had the guy, um, my buddy and I both roll up out, you know, pop open the doors. We stay back at our cruisers, have him at gunpoint, start giving him verbal commands. And the guy like spins to us and had his, I think he had his hands near his waistband at the time. And he kind of holds them at the low ready, like not up in the air, but he, he did show us his palms. And I was like, Hey bud. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something effective. Hey man, we need to talk to you. And he, so he stops and he looks at me and I said, make sure we can see your hands this entire time. Do you understand me? And he was like, I understand. And then he kept putting, he kept putting his hands back down towards his pants. I think he was a little intoxicated. And he, at one point he was trying to pull his pants up. And at the other point he was trying to show us, trying to demonstrate that he has nothing in his pockets. Um, but, Cause he's an, I know what you meant. Yeah. We, we no, he was, we had, he had meth on him. Um, but uh, my, my buddy kept his mouth shut the entire time because I was talking and between the two of us, we had a, I mean, I never took any pressure off my trigger, but I was close a couple of times. We just kept communicating with him, talked him back. We ended up, we ended up walking him back to us backwards with his hands up in the air, got him cuffed and everything. And my buddy and I both, as soon as we had him in the car, we holster up and we both just let this like sigh of relief out. We're like, man, that could have gone so much worse. And I've seen it go so much worse with other people and it was just because we weren't yelling and screaming i i don't know if it matters so much what it is that you're saying as long as you got you know one person's the focal point and everyone is not just screaming nonsense at people and that creates an issue yeah that makes a big difference i mean i think we've all been on scenes where it's fucked up and there's 10 people barking orders yeah and you're trying and you're looking at everybody else too. You're like, would you shut the fuck up? Like, this isn't going to get better, but it's, it's adrenaline. People go black. They tunnel. It's a thing. Yeah. They, and I, I think part of this whole conversation about, you know, giving good commands. And again, the other, the caveat, do what your department says, but th this is just something to think about. But that's another thing we need to talk about is one person is giving orders. One. I don't, you know, and there might be a time and place where maybe somebody's not relating to somebody or maybe somebody's going to do a better job or somebody's in a better position. That's fine. Communicate that with other people on the stop. Hey, dude, I don't think this dude can hear me or he's not reacting to me. You want to try one person, though. But there's also there's always that dumbass. Scott, you you probably are good at articulating this about other people. Um, <laughs> but like I because you're smart. Um well, I'm an idiot. I started drinking whiskey. If you can't tell, um, I was on one two years ago where it was funny. Cause I was sick as a dog and it was very cold out. The guy, the call was that he had poured gasoline all the house was about to light the house on fire was going to be waiting at the door with a sword, uh, wanting to commit suicide by cop. And, uh, we get there. I was the most senior officer, the 
other two officers that were on scene with me had less than a year on the street. And I'm trying to talk to this guy, trying to get a focus on me, tell him about his problems. Dude, all I want you to do is come out of the house. Like we'll talk about all this. This could all go away, whatever. And one of the fucking dumbass boots who's behind a tree uh, a little bit over to my left goes, do you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? And I'm like, I'm your huckleberry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice timing. I was like, you dumb fuck. Now it all worked out, but you got some of that too, where sure. He's not yelling hands, 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 but what he said was just as stupid. And it's just cause he was stupid at that time. I gotta be honest. There's been times where I've gotten fucking tired with people and I've said, all right, we're going to do this easy way. The hard way it's going to be your choice. Sure. Yeah. But not the early part of it. Yeah. No, I mean that again, I, I think people hear this like given verbal commands is taking unnecessary risk. That's not what I'm saying. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. But there is a time and place. And honestly, a lot of the time you can talk people out of shit. You can talk to them. Is it going to work all the time? No, it's not. It absolutely isn't. And sometimes you get a fucking fight and tase and sometimes shoot people. It's the cost of doing business. But a lot of times you can fucking calm things down, slow things down, have a conversation. But then as uh, if you're listening to the Georgia podcast, I don't know how far you've gotten through. Sometimes that ends up being ridiculous where, you know, we're having like an eight hour conversation instead of like, we got to do something, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for Scott to chime in with his uh, velvet West Virginia accent. I'm trying to get it done word in there. I'll tell you what, um, I really, really like, and I don't see a lot of agencies training this in our academy anyway. I don't know if they still do it, but um, they were really big on if it's if it's feasible. Um, not initially, let's say someone's concealing their hands in their pockets or in a bag or whatever, face away from me, face away from me. And once if you can get that compliance and they have faced away from you, step off the X, change your position and then order them to take their hands out of their pockets. So at least if they take their hands out of their pockets and they're armed for one, you're not going to be where you were. So if they turn around, they're going to expect you probably to be in your original position, but I I like to put them at the biggest disadvantage. I don't mean that as a disrespectful thing or whatever, but I don't want them to be looking at me when I'm giving them kind of hairy commands, like show me your hands, take them out of the bag um things like that so we're pretty big on initially face away from me face away from me and and then we step off the x now take your hands out of your pockets um you know when you first started talking i was like that is the dumbest fucking shit i've ever heard but then the stepping off the x that makes a whole lot of fucking sense actually yeah um and i've you could it's hilarious i've i've done it a zillion times the same exact scenario and I've had people turn to either check where I'm at or they're getting ready to run or whatever they, they want to fight. And they've turned, especially in the darkness, they've turned to look and I'm not there. I'm, you know, I'm 15 feet to the left, you know, and they can't find me for just a split second. And that split second is maybe what I need to save my life or to get the jump on the guy. We were trained very similar to that. Yeah. Like I don't, and that was like, you know, it's like the basic stuff that you learn in, um, the academy that you forget yeah that is some of it is actually very useful um, yeah the the face away from us is something we definitely do as often as possible 
it's just sometimes you get those ones that they they're idiots and they just they don't understand they'll so do a like, 360 and turn yeah, back around and look at you're you like fuck it just keep your hands up and come over <laughs> yeah. here you know um, <laughs> but the and the stepping off line that's kind of situational you yeah. know um, yeah. but it is it's it's i i talked about this on one of the other podcasts i think it was one of the is the advice one you know get back to basics with this stuff we we talk about all these advanced tactics and stuff and we don't go back and train the shit that you learn in the academy that was actually useful because my academy was six months and about a month of it was useful and we don't even train that crap um can we this talk, is one of those things can we talk tactics a little bit because I'm, I'm curious we see this is the kind of a thing that we see in a lot of videos that I, I always kind of shudder at and cringe at is rushing up on cars. Yeah. The way I was taught is you order people out of cars on a high risk stop. I know there, there's all obviously a time and place where you got to, you know, rip somebody out of a car, but high risk stop, you order them out of car, you get them on the ground kind of thing. And then you, you go conduct business. I've seen departments where they get people out of the car and then order them back to them. Where you, I'm just curious, tactics wise, what kind of stuff are you guys doing? I guess we'll start with you, Scotch. Yeah, that, that's similar. High risk stop or a felony stop. Um, we train that. We, we call them back. We call it a felony stop. We'll call them back to us or, or like uh, at the conclusion of a pursuit or whatever, if it ends in a crash or they finally decide to pull over. <sighs> We are policy, uh, of course, situational, situational dictate what you can and can't do physically. But by policy, we are supposed to call them back to us. And no one say no one. You can watch videos all the time when that when you're in that pursuit and the vehicle crashes or, you know, smacks a tree and everybody runs to that car, runs to the car. And honestly, it's just been recently where I have had to consciously think don't rush this car mid pursuit. All right. Don't rush this car. Don't rush this car. Um, and as far as a vehicle approach on a, dare I say, um, you know, everyday traffic stop routine stop or whatever. Um, there is a million ways to skin that cat and, you know, passenger side, driver side, whatever, um, whatever side I initially approach, I usually will approach something different um, on the second approach, um, and the third approach and staying off the, staying offline, keeping them guessing. If I can walk up to a car and surprise the person, then I feel like I've, I've got to win. Um, I've get out of your driver's seat and walk, trying to keep eyes on, but walk around your cruiser, around the back of your cruiser, keep eyes on and stay there for a second. Keep them guessing, especially if I've got somebody that's staring at me in the rear view. Um, or, or in the side view mirror, I, I try to switch it up. I don't want anybody to be able to anticipate what I'm doing and where I'm going to be coming up and where I'm going to be approaching from, especially on a felony stop. Ben, what do you do on felony stops? You have them come back to you or you fucking put them out on the pavement? No, on felony stops, we bring, we bring them back to us. And really? Yeah. Wow. And yeah, we, we do will, too. Yeah. We actually, my city, my department trains it this way, but there's different precincts that are busier than others. The, the zone that I work is extremely busy and we do these frequently. So it, especially at night, it was down to almost a science, you know, one guy's out, he's given loud verbal commands. You got the guys kind of on the wings that are typically your lethal cover. And then 
we would often kind of, you know, we'll, we'll bring them back to the back bumper of the car, two steps to the right, bring them straight back into the kind of the funnel in between the cruisers. And you got guys that are holstered and they'll come up behind the guy, give them commands to say, Hey, I'm ready. Go ahead and send them. And they'll, they'll walk them back. You grab that person, uh, put cuffs on them real quick, drag them back behind the cruiser. A next guy will walk up and say, Hey dude, I'm ready. And they'll be ordering one back before you even have this one in the car. Um, it's just like a conveyor, like, cause you know, with these stolen cars, sometimes you'll get like, like seven juveniles in a Hyundai Elantra or something like that. Dude, one of the last stolen cars I can remember, we really weren't looking for. And we, we fucking, they, you know, they took off after a stop and, you know, most departments can't chase cause you know, criminals can steal cars. Who fucking cares? And we're like, all right, well, whatever. So we're just kind of driving along and this fucking car shows up in front of us. And of course, this fucking car pulls into like a dead end. And we're like, fuck. And of course, they hop out of the car and kids are going different directions and shit. And they're all kids. So it'd be a fucking train wreck. But I'd be curious how many departments, because my department was not ordering them back to cars. We would fucking order everybody out of the car, have them fucking lay down on the pavement. We'd have somebody come up, check the car, and then... Oh, God. No, I thought it was completely safe, man. I'm not going to give away, like, trade secrets, but we did it pretty fucking safely. Well, we Uh would bring them back one at a time, cuff them up. Once everybody was secure, then we would make an approach in the car make sure it was clear. I'm not saying what you're doing is unsafe. I'm just saying, uh, like Scotch said, there's many different ways to skin a squirrel. And he might have said cat. Okay, whatever. (laughs) But... As long as you're doing it safely, like I, I'm a big believer. Like, there's a lot of guys that are like, well, oh, as long as you're not bum I... rushing the car and firing 180 some shots, like they did in Cleveland. Yeah, we didn't do the clean Cleveland method. Okay, <laughs> we did the. Uh, I, I think the way you guys do it, I think it's called the Riverside, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I'm not kidding. I think that's where it came out of. Was Riverside, California? Is it not? The order in no, yeah. them back. No, I, I don't know. But. The way we would do it was, you know, we get people out of the car, order them out, have them lay, you know, face down on the ground, get everybody out, have somebody go up on the other side of the car, clear it, and then, you know, to go take care of business. And, you know, we had enough people. Again, this works really well with a lot of people. If you have eight people in the car and you have two cops, you, you're going to have a problem. But this was just more, out, this wasn't like a real conversation. This was more out of curiosity because, I was kind of thinking that not many agencies ordered people back, but apparently they do. I'm outnumbered here. I thought a lot of people had people get on the ground and then do their thing. That's weird to me. Yeah. I know where well, I'm at. You guys do fucking goofy to me. So, but you guys also don't have felony menacing. So, whatever. A lot less paperwork. I suppose. Yeah. All right. So, we're about two hours in. I kind of want to talk about your girlfriend ben but i feel like i should pull the video up it's not long is it uh the video is only a minute and 43 seconds says 3m what no ben changed his name oh did he (laughs) i i'm not looking at that screen ben's dick is three meters or millimeters three millimeters bigger than lenny's that's not saying much buddy (laughs) hey uh why i'm pulling this up uh, what did you guys think of the uh, OnlyFans episode? That was a topic of discussion with uh, Tobias and Saul. 
Oh, you guys talked about it on your podcast with him? We did, yeah. Yeah. I was surprised at her articulation. I mean, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like she explained it as well as it could be explained. Let's put it that way. <sighs> Shut up, Ben. No, I just, <laughs> I'm just thinking about her and I I don't even not a fan. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm you know what's funny I, is a, a Detroit cop just resigned for doing that, a rookie. And I, I got that. so many fucking people sending me messages. I'm like, fuck, I saw it. All right. I yeah. saw it. I don't need to do another OnlyFans episode. I think we've plowed that ground. No problem. <laughs> All right. You ready? Let's see if it yes. plays. I'll play. Not be muted. All right. Here we go. For a large majority of other officers out there, if we're driving on the freeway in our police car, get the f- out of the way. Get the f- out of the way. If you merge and we follow behind you and we merge too, you're probably in trouble. Best way to find that out is get the f- out of the way. I can go 90 miles an hour. You can't. You can't do that. So get the f- out of the way. If us officers stay behind you long enough, we can find a reason to pull you over. So you might as well get the f- out of the way. Super simple. That's all. You're welcome. I'm speaking for myself, but I'm probably speaking for a large. All right. Make it stop. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that like hurts my fucking soul. It makes me weep for the future, as Saul says frequently. Look, does she need to be fired for that? I don't know. But it made her look like a fucking idiot. And it made cops look like a fucking idiot. And how much time does she have in? Sounds like a somebody said somebody she told was me she hired was a rookie. in 2021. Okay, so she's a fucking rookie. Yeah. She doesn't fucking know anything. No. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like I've heard the argument of, hey, when we're running hot to a call get out of our way kind of thing because you know how it is people slam on their brakes or whatever it is yeah but that's not what she's talking about that is not what she's talking about like move out of my way on the highway i don't know i can't speak for other states but in colorado you can only drive like an asshole if you're going to a call you can't just drive like an asshole because you want to drive like an asshole you have to follow the rules of the road and even if you're going to a call it depends on what type of call it is. Legally, you have to follow the rules of the road like everybody else. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck this lady's talking about. Maybe she just got stuck behind an Ohio driver for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I have to drive behind him every day. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. I've been um, thinking about a way to make a t-shirt that says, um rookies are to be seen and not heard yeah, that needs to be published yeah i think you can do it easily yeah. um you know i made a video about this and the benefit that i had when i decided to do this video is i watched her her thing the day before and like i i was like okay this video like a reaction to this is on my list and then when i was driving home from work the next day <clears throat> i put my phone up and i recorded my thoughts on it um i had a <laughs> stop it's it's the name of my fucking channel asshole um it but honestly it's one of those things that when it's not as fresh in your mind it's almost like you know if you write an anger email wait 20, 24 hours read it again and then send it if you if you still feel the same way if you've ever heard that 
I feel that way about my my reaction because I was just like, you know, what she said was stupid, and she was in uniform and she comes across as a bitch. But is she a tyrant? No. And does she need to be fired? No. She's just a fucking dumb rookie. Like, how much stupid shit did you say as a rookie that you were just you're full of crap? You know, you're. But talking I didn't about, put it on the internet. I know she's a dumbass. I I said that too, <laughs> but like, and the, TikTok didn't exist when we were rookies, um, and I don't know. It's when just, we were it, rookies, you could pick your six favorite friends on MySpace, probably. Yeah, eh, not quite, but you know, it's just it's stupid. But she's no different. Well, she's no different than that ten percent that's out there of those like dumb rookies. She'll mature. She'll learn from it. It, but the things that crack me up are the the people that are making stuff out of it that it's not. They're like, oh, she says that she'll just make up a reason to pull you over. I'm like, nope. No. She no. said, I will find a reason. That means that she's going to find an articulable reason to pull you over with appropriate probable cause, meaning you touched the center line or you didn't use a turn signal when you changed lanes or you followed that car too closely in front of you. Like that means that's what she means when she says she'll find a reason. Like, she's not talking about violating the Constitution. I saw a guy comment on my video today. This is the reason we have the Second Amendment. And I was like, what? To make sure that police officers don't exceed the speed limit? Shut the fuck up. You know, like, we need to... Everyone just needs to drink a little bit of simmer the fuck down. (laughs) She she needs to do it, and everyone reacting to it does. Because if you're angry about the way she acted in that video, and you're calling for her to be put in prison you're just as stupid as she is. That's my take on it. That, that's the part that aggravates me. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm no, gonna... I, I agree with that. Go ahead, Scotch. I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. I was just going to say I need to get myself a YouTube's. <laughs> this is your cousin fucking OnlyFans. <laughs> it would be professional. <laughs> this and is the professional cousin fucking better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to make it better than me. I'm just not very good at this. Well, hold on a second. Has anybody watched my YouTube channel? <laughs> you uh, mean it's bad? The, the, you mean especially the masks videos that I specifically <laughs> told you over and over and over again not to fucking do? You did not. That's a fucking lie. You're saving face right now. You encouraged me, you asshole. I, not the mask. <sighs> I, I told you to go many other ways other than a mask. You did. Not. He's full of shit. Everybody, do you not have the Snapchat very... filter thing on your computer right now? And who told you to do that? Okay, it's the same. No, What's it's the difference not. between a Snapchat filter and a mask. Okay, here, there's let me kind grab of a, something. There's a, there's a this, this is a reason that this special procedure is very different than this. <laughs> you're dick. I'm honest. You're welcome. Thanks for your service. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I guess to get back on track, like, does she need to be fired? No. Does she need to be talked to? Yes. But that generation of cops scares the shit out of me. Bad takes have been around for a while, right? That's, you know, it was on ESPN for a while. It was on CNN for a while. But now everybody, including me, although I think my my takes are okay sometimes. That's that's what makes the world go around is shitty takes. People feel like they need to get on TikTok or YouTube or whatever 
and have shitty takes. Now, Ben, before you get all your fucking panties in a bunch here, I'm not talking about you. You have good takes. You have common sense. You speak like a person that has a fucking ounce of a brain cell. She talks like an idiot. And yes. I think it represents the fucking the uniform poorly where you represent us well. And I want to thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And I, I, I made a joke out of it. Yeah, I, I apparently had threats, but I made a joke out of it. <laughs> but I mean that. I mean, I mean that sincerely. I'm not just like blowing smoke out your asses. When you get on YouTube and some, some of the others get on YouTube, it's like it's genuine. But then you have these fucking idiots get on TikTok and everything's content. I'm guilty, man. I made really bad videos on YouTube because I was trying to make it. They were bad. I tried. I did my best, but I knew it was bad. Okay. So I, I'm I'm guilty in this shit too, but everybody wants to take their fucking shitty take and put it out there nowadays. And some people are really good at it. Some people are not. And she is not. And I wish somebody would have said something yeah. to her. Well, and you have to do your your content too. Like there's a reason I don't go out and try to be fu really funny and over the top because I'm not. I'm I'm boring and I'm straight and I'm just here's here's my take on it. She <laughs> was trying to be <laughs> she was trying to be this like boisterous, like, yeah, this is hilarious. Get the fuck out of my way. And she's that's not her personality. She has she's a a bitch. You know, like, I'm sorry, yeah. but if she made bitch content, like, and that was her, like, a rage, like, it, make it a shtick, that could be funny because she she could pull that off. Sure. But, you know, that's not what she was. She was like, I'm going to make a PSA. Like, no. But also, I will say, how many times have you gotten, you're trying to get down the road and it's a two lane road and both lanes slow down to five below the speed limit and you're just trying to get down the road and they're terrified that you're going to pull them over. I think that was what she was talking about. Yeah, but she didn't articulate it. No, she well didn't because she's an idiot, but. And she's new. Yeah. But we've all had that conversation with our buddies. Sure. Oh yeah. So. Oh just... no, no, no. I, I fucking, I hated that shit where you're just trying to get fucking somewhere and somebody's like oh i don't want to get fucking pulled over so i'm gonna go exactly the speed limit it's like no yeah. everybody fucking goes five over okay it's fine i'm not gonna stop you for going five over <laughs> and you're like when i drive to work i take the interstate and sometimes there's troopers the troopers always drive the fucking speed limit and everybody slows down and it's so fucking annoying and then i'll be in the center lane and i'll see the cruiser headlights coming up behind me and they'll go fucking zooming by and it's a city car I'm like, that guy is doing God's work because he's <laughs> letting traffic flow. And I know what the law says. I know what policy is. But listen, we all know what's happening in the real world. You're a tyrant. Yes. <laughs> That's why the Second Amendment exists. So you guys <laughs> fucking slow down, motherfucking tyrant. Whatever. Um, moving on. Moving on. Yes. I have two more topics left and I, I wish I could remember because this, we, this has been in the making for a little bit, but I so wanted to make that's, that's a stretch. That's what it is. Said. It, yeah. Edit that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes there is a need for violence and police work. And a lot of people 
a lot of people want to pretend, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, like Ben's been talking about one of the Tay's little girls and shit, but <laughs> there is, I think sometimes, no, not, I think, I know there's a time for violence in police work, but it, and it kind of goes back to that. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I fight the danger at night that you're afraid of or whatever the fucking cucks say, but there is a time and place that police work has to be violent. And I don't know how we go about telling people about that. Cause I don't, I don't think the fucking public realizes that sometimes you got to kick somebody's ass to get them in custody or you have to do whatever you got to do what you got to do to go home at night. I wish I knew exactly where I, I, I was really upset about it at the time when I, I sent that little text to you guys. So I remember to talk about it, but am I off base with that? I mean, there is, I feel like that could be something I say all the time is am I off base with that? But there is a fucking need for violence in police work. Is there not? There's a need for violence in humanity, you know, at times it's not just police work. Violence is a, doesn't necessarily, it has a negative connotation. It doesn't have to, it's not always negative. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> Articulate yourself there, hillbilly. Violence is a part of life. I mean, since, since, humans have been on the earth there has been violence and violence is what saves your children from the active shooter in the school uh violence is what uh hundreds of times and you guys are the same violence is what got me home that night violence is what uh kept the lady from being murdered violence is what got the kid out of that terrible situation i mean violence is not always bad it it never violence is a violence bit, ends violence yes at times yes and violence is for some reason taboo in our in our culture and it's it's if you see a three-headed horse while you're driving down the road then you're going to stop and holy shit that's weird and that's crazy and that's well it's the same way with violence people that aren't comfortable with violence they see it and they they freak the fuck out even though it's part of humanity it is whether you want it to be or not it is and, and it's definitely a part of policing. Well, I'm going to go on a tangent here that I probably will have to edit out. But I think there's a time and place for violence. Sure. Although there's a lot of fucking unnecessarily violent, unnecessarily. I'm, I'm a lot of beers in, guys. But there's a lot of unnecessary violence. Absolutely. That you see these videos and people are hooting and hollering and beating the fuck out of each other for no reason. And you watch these videos and you're, what, what am I watching? Why is this happening right now? And I guess I'm going to counterpoint a little bit and maybe play devil's advocate a little bit. I don't think as a, I think there's a time and place for violence to end violence. And maybe there's a point to be violent, to prevent violent violence, but to just be violent, to be violent. I think is shouldn't we like we're shouldn't we be more evolved? You know what I'm saying? How does the saying go? Uh, um, uh, what what is it? A, a nonviolent man or is not a harmless man or whatever the hell that shit is. <laughs> uh, you should. Ben be, likes to talk about the warrior in the garden. We're no. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. That that's a that's a. But point. it's a fair point. It's a good yeah, point. It is. There, there is bad violence, but uh, a an adult and i'm not i'm not going to say man we've said man an adult 
um, that is not willing in any circumstance to do violence, in my opinion, is not a mature adult. There's, there's going to be a place in time where mama bear's got to come out to, to, you know, help her kids or whatever. I mean, it's a part of humanity. We're, we are, we have the ability to use violence in a good way. Now, is violence used quite often in a terrible, evil way? Yeah, sure. Um, um, a grown adult that uses violence in a bad way is that, I mean, that's the form of, that's evil to me, um, especially to, to the weak and innocent. That's evil. There is evil violence, sure. Um, but I don't think it should be as taboo as it is, or maybe that's, maybe I'm not saying that right. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And it, it's like I was saying with the traffic stops and it, well, any call where I feel like us gentlemen here in the room talking, we're going to try and solve things with words first, but then there's, sure. all right, this isn't working. We got to, you got to take care of business. Sure. I think that's kind of the way cops kind of look at that. And now, obviously there's a point in time where words aren't, we're not going to fucking be speaking words to somebody that's about to kill us. They need to fucking go take a forever nap. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm not saying that. I, I don't want anybody to take that as me being <clears throat> like some hokey pokey little fucking pansy there's a time and place to take care of business, but I think sometimes people kind of get into that. Like we talk about the warrior mindset and shit where it's like, you don't, you're not there yet. You can solve this without violence kind of thing. Yes. But I also want to make the point of if you want to be safe and protected, sometimes a law enforcement officer to get somebody in custody or to end a violent threat, is going to be have is going to have to be violent, very fucking violent, and I don't know where we've kind of gotten away from this. I think it was kind of understood before, and now it's like, well, cops, cops can't do that or shouldn't do that. Stop sending assholes out on the street. Stop fucking. I don't know. I I think a lot of the problems in this country are fucking. Here's my drunken rant, but we are sending people out into the fucking world that are total pieces of garbage because they didn't have proper parenting. They didn't have proper, I don't know. They didn't learn what they needed to learn growing up and they're not fucking able to deal with the real world or come up in the real world. And they just are fucking violent shit bags that harm people. You have to sometimes meet violence with violence. If that makes any sense. What do you think about all this, Ben? So I stopped slurring my words. Yeah, I think, I think people have unrealistic expectations as far as um, what we're capable. And they also, they forget that police officers are just human beings as well. They think that we're some kind of robot. Um, but like I, there was a video that I posted the other day that I think is a good illustration of kind of entry level. Uh, and it, it, it was a casino where a guy was just drunk and belligerent and officer was called to trespass a guy from the casino um the officer said the officer was really nice to the guy shows up hey man how you doing you know i'm sorry about you guys had a, a misunderstanding but they make the rules you gotta go dude was like fine no problem fist bump guy starts walking um guy kept turning back towards the officer and then it became argumentative and then he started calling the officer a bitch officer just puts his hand on the guy's back is like dude you need to walk and then he tries to put him in an escort position tries to walk him out um people were commenting on that video like 
oh, that officer doesn't know anything about de-escalation. He's a fucking coward. Why is he putting hands on people? Like everybody knows that when someone's drunk and you put your hands on them, all you're going to do is make them more angry. And I actually made a whole nother reaction to the comments video that's going to post. It'll post this week, but it'll be before the podcast comes out where I was like, you guys have no idea, you know, like, and, and it's something that the general public doesn't understand um, when it's appropriate to use or when it's not just appropriate, but necessary for an officer to put their hands on somebody. And the reason I can say that I know the general public doesn't understand this is because new officers struggle with this um, 90% of the time. And I can say that for myself because I was a little bit older when I went through the academy. I had military experience. I had combat experience. I'm not some like bitch. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not afraid to, to go toe to toe with somebody. But when I came out on the street, I had this attitude that um, putting your hands on somebody should be an absolute last resort. And I was afraid to put my hands on people because I didn't want to hurt their feelings and get them upset. Um, there was an incident where it was like a fight that had been going on all night. And these people kept kind of evading us, but we kept getting calls from the neighborhood. Cause they're just they're It's, it is what it is. Um, another call came out and I was basically right on top of these people. I'm like, Hey, I'm here. Start me some cars. I get out of the car. I'd been out of the Academy for less than six months. And I'm in one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in my city by myself. I, I jump out of the car and I got three dudes instantly. They take their shirts off and they're like, you're a bitch. You're not going to put your hands on me. They, I mean, just all this, like, fuck you cop. I'm not listening. And I didn't want to get in a fight with, with three dudes. So I stood back a little bit. I pulled out my taser. I was a brand new officer. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I'd been trained, but you, I hadn't had the experience pulled out my taser and I'm holding this guy at taser point which is fucking worthless. And he's, he's getting more and more angry because he, he there, that buffer, he's eating that buffer up, you know, and I'm holding him at taser point and I'm like, fuck, if I tase this dude, his friends are going to jump me. So like I was really caught all of a sudden the cavalry shows up an officer jumps out of his car, runs over to the dude that I had at taser point and damn near slams him on the ground, puts him in cuffs. Um, the moment that officer came up and latched onto that dude, every single person in the crowd became compliant. And I learned that day <laughs> that you don't get out and just be nice to people in that situation, put them at taser point and all that. No, I, so now when I got a, a group of violent people or rowdy people or whatever, I, I start, as long as it's safe, it's not a complete riot. Um, I'll start latching onto people. And sometimes that turns into a fight. Um, most of the time, from my experience, you grab onto somebody with some command authority and you make sure that they know that it's the police that are holding on to them and that they're not going to get free. Um, that deescalates a lot of situations and people just don't understand that until it takes a couple of repetitions. Maybe it takes a couple of years as a cop to understand that. Um, the general public, it's such a foreign thing, um, to go put your hands on somebody to calm them down. It's, it's counterintuitive to them but not to us. And that, that disconnect, I, I don't know how to solve it, but it is something that people need to understand because they see a lot of me like, Oh, you're like the nicest guy. You can talk to anybody, blah, blah, blah. 
I can talk to a lot of people, but there's some people you just can't talk to. And I know the difference and you need to have a little bit of faith that if I am going to skip over those steps and go straight to hands-on that I'm making that decision based on my experience and my personal knowledge about how to do my job. And that should account for something. Very That's my well. TED talk. Yeah. Very well said, Ben. No, no shit. What we got here <laughs> is a failure to communicate. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of the fucking name of that movie for a second. I've uh, probably overdone it boys, but I completely fucking agree with what you said. There's a time and place you can't, you can talk your way out of a lot of things, but you can't always do that. And unfortunately, when you see these viral videos, you know, people kind of latch on to like, Oh, they were, they were too quick to do this or that. And, I got to be honest, a lot of these quote unquote viral videos, it's the one time out of a thousand times that officer was in a situation where things maybe went sideways. That's why it's viral. They're not going to show you a video where things went right. Sometimes you're going to make a bad call. Maybe you're going to make say the wrong thing to the wrong person that they're not going to respond to. That's what makes cop cop work hard. You know, that's I'm looking at my my little fucking uh flag in, down here in the basement that says if policing was easy they'd call it your mom <laughs> i say this which you can buy by the way is because you're 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 tasked with these really really unique situations where you go to a call you don't know somebody you don't know how they're going to react to things i'm going to react to things a lot differently than somebody else is going to react to things and you brought up a point about rowdy violent people And this is something, you know, I frequently state on this podcast, there's a whole group of people that don't know how to act. I've been upset with people. I've been upset with authority. I've never thought I need to assault them. Right? Yeah. Am am I off base with that? No, you're dead on. Yeah. That could also be the name of the podcast. Look, you know, I'm a believer in the Constitution and the, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, all the good shit. But it, it cracked me up. You're talking about the Second Amendment with these fucking people with it. You know, the dumb fucking rookies spouting off on TikTok. You want to fucking shoot her because she's a dumb fucking rookie? <laughs> How fucking stupid are you? Yeah, She's like 25 fucking years old. She doesn't fucking know any better. She's an idiot. Okay? You were an idiot when you were 25. I fucking know I was. Don't act like you're better than that. I, I guess the point that I want to make is there's I was making the point that sometimes violence is the answer. And I brought it up a little bit before is the unnecessary violence. There's communities where they will assault each other over shoes, Mm -hmm. colors, things like that. We can't, we can't talk about that here because they're oppressed. It's fucking stupid. This is 2022. Okay. It's not 1847. We're not all starving. Stop acting like a dumb fucking piece of shit and be a goddamn fucking human being, okay? That's my TED Talk, my drunken TED Talk. You're asking a little bit much there, bud. To be a human being? (laughs) (laughs) To not get upset when somebody looked at you wrong? Well, no, I was disrespected. No, you're a douchebag. Shut the fuck up and go home. That's, That's the lack of emotional... 
maturity. That's a lack of, of emotional maturity. We should be able to be quote unquote offended or, or disrespected and handle it appropriately. The majority of adults, it appears, cannot. Same way with using violence. There has to be an emotional maturity and not take things personal. Judge things as a legitimate threat, not a uh, theoretical slap in the face or metaphorical slap in the face. I think sometimes folks, police and non-police, jump to violence because they were disrespected. Well, that's your maturity level isn't where it needs to be. I'm glad you brought up police and not police, but continue on. Cause I think that was an excellent point. I'm done. God damn it. I ruined it. I'm sorry. That was no, 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 no. I'm serious. I wanted to put an emphasis on that because okay. there are fucking rookies and not rookies, dumb fucking people that as a cop, you're offended or upset by something that somebody said. And so you do something stupid because they upset you. Right. You're the professional. Be a fucking professional. I mean, there's a reason that contempt of cop is a term. Is that a term? You don't know that term? Contempt of cop? You've never heard that? That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's like, why'd you beat his ass? What was the crime? And you're, you're trying to articulate it because you're an idiot and you're just like, you're mad and you beat the shit out of this guy. And the answer is, well, it was contempt of cop. That's the reason that you did it. Because that guy was a, he told you no. And he upset you. He didn't follow your order. So you just acted inappropriately. I got you. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. contempt uh, of cop is a very bad thing. Yeah. It, it's also very rare. And I, it's that, I don't know. It, it's, it's down a road that doesn't need to go down. But it's like you have these incidents are extremely rare. Um, but they continually get brought up over and over and over again. Like, how many times a week do you have to hear about George Floyd? You're like, dude, that was two years ago. If this stuff happened all of the time, like you're saying, like if it's, then shouldn't you have something a little bit more recent to talk about? Right. Uh, but they don't. Um, well, that, uh, one of the New York fellows from the 9-11 podcast brought up, you show me three fucking videos a year out of how many million interactions? There's three videos a year. Do cops fuck up? Yes, they fucking do. How many times have you gone to fucking McDonald's and don't fuck up your order? All mm -hmm. the fucking time, right? Yeah. Cops are human beings. They're going to fuck up, okay? And sometimes it's, and most times it's not intentional. And a lot of the times when they do fuck up, and I, I, I'm going to go on a fucking tangent here because it drives me nuts. It's because people make this like, well, cops need to know how to fucking handle people. Okay, I don't disagree with that. But you're asking a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're asking well, a fucking lot because cops don't know everybody. They don't know their personalities. And we've given a free pass to people that don't know how to fucking act. And so people put cops in these fucking terrible positions. And 99.9% .9 of the times, nothing bad happens. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, there's a fuck up. You know who the cause of the fuck up is? The asshole. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I tell people, you know, cops are going to make mistakes. Uh, sometimes when the cop makes a mistake, he does not live to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes when they make a mistake, the other guy is not the one that lives to tell the story. Yeah. Every, every mistake 
isn't a criminal act. And it doesn't mean that that guy was a bad guy. It's just that, man, you can't do everything perfectly 100% of the time. And sometimes you're the one that pays the price for that. And I, that's what's going through everyone's mind when they, if they do make a critical mistake on the wrong end of it, um, that was what's going through their head. They've seen that video a thousand times of that officer getting blindsided by somebody and he wasn't going to be that guy. He was going to make sure he made it home to see his kids. Mm -hmm. Um, he made a decision based on his training and experience at hindsight's 2020, but I mean, just because someone makes a mistake doesn't make it a criminal act. Let me throw something else out there. If I can show restraint, so can you. Yeah. Take it out of the referee's hands. Uh, you guys have probably heard that playing ball and shit growing up, but we always heard that we had a shitty ref or whatever that would seem to always call against us in football or basketball or whatever. Take it out of the referee's hands and excel, you know, run the score up so high that it doesn't matter if the ref's calling bad calls. If you don't want to deal with the ref, then don't have a close call on the line. If you don't want to deal with the police, then don't be a fucking asshole. Mm. And, and then you don't have to worry about a cop shooting you or beating your ass in the alley or, you know, yeah. don't be an asshole. It's pretty simple. You know, we have that whole argument of cops are out here hunting us. Oh, really? Why don't you look up at some FBI stats and tell me who's fucking hunting you? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Well, and it, 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 Scotch brought up a good point that I think people need to be reminded of more often too, is that, uh, and it's kind of what I talked about in my, my one video about how everyone's judging an officer on what happened in that last third of a second of the video. You know, he had a third of a second to make a decision. He made a decision. But what happened leading up to that? Why were the officers at that house? Mm-hmm. Um, what happened in the years prior to that? Why does this guy have so many recent interactions with the police? And why is he always being charged with a violent offense? Um, is is the decision the officer made within one third of a second at the end of that lifespan, is that what really was the problem or was maybe the problem, everything that happened leading up to that? And How many, we, we all know the answer. Well, yeah. And I, I was going to say just a normal human interaction. How many times have you made a bad call about something? Not necessarily a horrendous call, but you made a decision in your life. And it snowballs. You you thought you were doing the right thing. And it just snowballs and all of this bad stuff happens. Now imagine, because all these folks out here, they fucking know. They <laughs> know they're doing the wrong thing. So imagine you do the wrong thing continually over and over and over and over again. It's not just a snowball. It's a fucking avalanche. Everybody makes mistakes. I won't go into details, but I'm, I made a fucking a bad call. And this is like no like real consequence. I made a bad call the other day about something within my family life. And I was wrong. And ended up just kind of being a pain in the ass for everybody else throughout the rest of the day because I, I made a decision. I was wrong, but I made the best decision with the information I had. You know, I think it's better just to wipe your ass with your hand than it is to use your wife's pillowcase. <laughs> hey, 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 shh. That's between <laughs> us. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell the story just for the sake of telling stories because it's fucking stupid and then we got to move on to something else. But 
the uh, we we go shopping on the weekends, right? And now for people in the country, you know, sometimes that's an event because you got to drive a little ways to go to the store. You don't have the modern conveniences of a store just five minutes from your house. But I also don't have people shitting on the freeway next to my house. So I'm good with it. I don't mind a little drive to go to the store. But so you got to go to a little drive to the store. We were going to go last night and I was looking at the weather. I said, you know what? Uh, One of our kids usually stays home. I said, you know what? The weather looks like it's going to get bad. There's a chance of bad weather. I don't want to leave him here by himself. We'll just go tomorrow. It didn't rain. Nothing happened at our house. But that little decision, because I chose not to go to the store that night, as stupid as that was, because that didn't happen and something else didn't happen and this didn't happen. And within my family, it was kind of an inconvenience, but we're, you know, it's fine. It's not a big deal. As stupid as that sounds, if you make a bad decision over and over and over again, what, what do you think the fucking outcome is going to be? Yep. It all is going to catch up with you. Yep. Eventually it's going to bite you in the ass. It's going to bite you in the ass. I, God knows I've made fucking bad decisions. Every single fucking one of them have bit me in the ass, some worse than others. Mm-hmm. So when you're out, I don't know, menacing your girlfriend, which apparently isn't a felony, or doing whatever, of course that's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah. When I tell people, because they'll the, the response that you get from the crowd, the anti-whatever crowd, the people that don't have brains that yell at us and tell us that we're stupid, um, they'll say, well... Just because he does this doesn't mean he deserved to die. Like, no, I you're right. Argument. Yeah, it's it's not about deserving to die. It's about what is a a possible outcome of continually doing that activity. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if I if I like to have a couple of drinks on the way home from work every night, I stop at the bar and have two drinks and then drive home every single night. Um, do I deserve to die? I don't think that you deserve to die for doing that. No. Um, but is there a possibility? That- <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that was a car crash. It wasn't a very good. One. No, show. I peed a little. Um, <laughs> that one is better. But like, no. If if I have like I don't know three three whiskeys every night on the way home from work. Is there a possibility, like if I crash my car, if, especially if everybody knows, oh yeah, Ben, he gets off work at 4 p.m., he goes to the bar and has three double whiskeys, and then he drives home every single night. If I wrap my car around a pole and I get tossed through the windshield and my head is separated from my body, nobody's going to be like, well, that was a surprise because everybody I'm a drunk knew. pimp. <laughs> eventually it, that behavior is going to bite you in the ass yeah you're going to get, over and get a dui you're eventually it's going to catch up with you well but you might die and it's like did you deserve to die no, no. but was it reasonably foreseeable yeah sure. sure so so what you're saying is if you do some dumb shit in front of a cop <laughs> i will 100 percent not edit that out exactly all right, folks, we've come to probably the most important question that I've posed to these guys on this podcast. Ask to mouth. Is it ever okay? ATM? ATM. Take them to the ATM. Did you write this down as a topic for tonight? <laughs> it's... <laughs>
or is this the the cores and bush lattes coming out it's the cores and bush lattes coming okay. out but hold on a second hold on a second i when i when i was i sent a little group chat to you guys and scotch said i'm down for anything and this was like three weeks ago and i put ass to mouth i, I missed that part yeah i i just happened to be scrolling through and i was like oh we gotta talk about ass to mouth <laughs> okay <laughs> I feel that we had such a magnificent discussion and then I ruined it. So I apologize. Possibly. It's, don't apologize for that. Or I'll cut it all out. And all I'll play is um, a little sound bite. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find it because I'm too drunk. Just I'm really just trying to buy a couple more minutes so I can blow in the PBT and have a good number. Oh. And now for something completely different. Anybody want to take a stab at how drunk I am? Yes, with some questions. Okay, ask some questions. How many drinks? Uh, that I have down here in the dungeon, I have six beers. I had two beforehand. Wow. So Okay. Would you consider yourself averagely fat? Oh, I'm, I'm obese. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I got four seconds to blow, so you keep talking. Okay. Okay, I've I've got a score. Oh, that can't be right. I think you're a 182. Well, but it all hasn't metabolized yet, so. Well, I'm supposed to wait 20 minutes, and I did, and it said I was a .01, which there's no way. What? No. There's no way. I got to do this again. Like all six beers haven't metabolized yet, so probably have mouth alcohol. Good. It's not ready yet. You said no. I have mouth alcohol. You probably do if you're still drinking. If your mom's alcohol. My mom's mouth alcohol. All right, I'll do it one more time, and then you guys take a guess. We'll see if this one's a little better. I'm gonna go with a point nine. You're a point two. Like nah. a point. Zero. Nah, no, 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 no. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a one, one eight, one nine. Yeah, I'm going right. oh nine. Oh, one oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. Point seven. Wow. Point oh seven. Point yeah. Oh, point seven. I'm dead. <laughs> I I do that every single time. I forget a decimal point. Point. That's not seven. that. That's not right. You no, can't well, drink eight beers. I tell you, you what, have, though, you think don't drink another that? beer for like thirty minutes and touch yourself again, and I bet you'll be over a one. Yeah. Well, the way this fucking podcast downloads anywhere, I don't know what the fuck's going on. These fucking episodes used to download in a couple minutes, and now they take fucking forever. All right, I'm gonna blow one more time before we end this bitch. Ushita. <laughs> Oh, it came on my face. What the fuck? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what she said. Uh, it says 0. 0.6, man. So I don't know. I don't know how accurate this is. That is not. No. Nah. I, I want to make a public announcement here. Not that anybody's listening after all the butt sex jokes, but I'm making a public announcement. Uh, I'm going to go see Tobias in a couple days. We're going to go to the ghost concert. I'll probably drink there, but then uh, I'm going to try not to drink until Thanksgiving. So you're welcome for my service here. But I, I thought I'd be a whole lot higher than this one. You know, I really was going to do the whole sober October thing, 
but my wife and I are literally going to Louisville just to buy bourbon in the middle of October. Well, you got to drink then, I suppose. You have to drink. So I might try sober November. Drunken deer season. Yeah. Well, I, I think my family's here's a, the joke I was going to make is my, my family's coming out, I think, for Thanksgiving. And now that I have this PBT, it's not going to be necessarily to like see, you know, if we're, we're going too much. It's going to be a fucking competition. And if all my brothers come out, I might die. But <laughs> I'm willing to do that not, for you. Please guys. do not trust the PBT that you have. Oh, I don't. I don't one bit because there's no way I should be driving right now. Oh, I just spilled beer on myself. So there's further proof. That's piss. I really got to piss. I'm, I'm debating kind of like the, the little box for the cats that's down here. I'm kind of debating that. Okay, piss, we need to end this podcast at some point because we're getting a little we're getting a little bad. We. Oui. That was yes for those that don't speak French. <laughs> oui, oui. All right, this one was a point zero eight. So out of three, I was what the seven, a six, and then a zero eight. So I would say. I am not good to drive. I'm good to felony menace people in Ohio. <laughs> that's only a misdemeanor. That's right. Ben, do you have any final thoughts? I've already given you my thoughts for today. Jesus. Here's a little inside baseballs. Every time he says that, I make fun of him. Scotch, do you have any thoughts? I, I have. I have nothing. Just stop being. Violence is not always bad. Okay. <laughs> Farts are always funny. Violence is not always bad. Buy some shit from poorly made. Yeah, fuck yeah. Thanks, guys. You know, what were the topics we did? We did female and policing. We all think that they're fine. Yep. Yeah. Um, what was the next topic? Uh, taser dependence. Taser it's a problem. <clears throat> we all agree, right? Yeah. Right. But it's okay to tase a 105-pound woman. It doesn't mean you're trying to hurt her. Yeah. What else did we cover? Sorry, I'm um, out of control at this felony point. Felony stops. Felony stops. Majority rules. You order them back. No. Yeah. Unsafe motherfucker. Your your voice control and with the hands. Yes. I'll give you hang. I'll give you a handy. Don't worry. I would appreciate it. And then uh, then we just segued to a bunch of stuff that did, didn't make any sense. Remember to buy a lot of shit because I have a lot of fucking kids because I can't pull out <laughs> and be a monthly donor because all it costs is a dollar. I know you guys are fucking going to that OnlyFans girl and paying her like five bucks an hour to fucking, I don't know, have fucking somebody shoot a load on her feet. You can fucking <laughs> pay a dollar to keep this podcast going. I know you can steal your mom's credit card. Do whatever is fucking necessary. OK, because I want to keep bringing you podcasts. And then, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast that may or may not leave me after I made a bunch of butt checks jokes. With that said, remember, Ben, I'm sorry about the thanks for the service jokes. It's getting a little out of hand. Scotch, you're a hillbilly, but I love you. Saul, you're an asshole, but I love you. Tobias, I'm going to snuggle with you soon. Ahsoka, you're milk, and I love most of you. Bye-bye. And I should cut most of that. Yeah. <laughs>